Does the Black Moon howl? Only for those with an unwavering desire to hear the truth. Access granted. You have been selected for an opportunity. An orientation as a trusted associate, if you will, into the secured, contained, and protected files of the Foundation. SCP Unredacted distributes new files for review, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, on secure channels on YouTube, Spotify, and scp-unredacted.captivate.fm. Hello and welcome to the Skip Squad Pod trailer. I'm your host, T. Staffor. And I am your lovely other host, Look Psycho. Also, just wondering, how did you get my house? Who cares? We're recording the podcast trailer. Well, it's not the first time she's busted down my door. You gotta stop. Like, I can't afford to replace it again. Now, let's tell the listeners what we do here. Is it too meta to mention we're reading a script? You want to talk meta? I didn't know what to put here, so I'm talking about what I should put here. She also misspelled want. Anyway. Right, right. Back on track. Here at the Skip Squad Pod cast, we don't care about what you write, we care about what you love. Keeping you entertained with what our authors enjoy most as readers, from GOI formats to formal articles alike. We don't just talk about guest favorite SCPs. Each guest will also tell us about their passions and hobbies, completely unrelated to the Foundation. Whether it's robotics, music, or filmmaking, each guest has their own passions that we love to hear about as well. You, yes you, the listener, can participate in this along with us. If you send in emails over at skipsquadpod at gmail.com, we will read them out on the show. When we aren't recording the pod, we document our ventures on various platforms. You can find us on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Twitter where we post preview clips for upcoming episodes along with revealing who we will have on next. Our handle is at SkipSquadPod. And finally, our website with links to all the listening platforms can be found on the SCV Wiki itself at the Skip Squad Pod Hub. Now get out. And have fun. Smile. Hey there, SCP fans. My name is Grigori Carpin, and this is Simply Creative People, the show about SCP creatives, be they authors, artists, or off-site content creators like YouTube and TikTok. We're focused on bridging the gap between various fans and serving as an introduction to different concepts and stories on the wiki. So, many welcomes to all, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to Simply Creative People to episode 20. And Yay. Yay. <laughs> my name is Gregory We will not Carp- give you the clap. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Gregory Carpin, uh, author on the wiki, and joined as always... I am the loser of the SCP-7000 contest, Harry Blank. Yes, and you never get to make that joke again. Uh, never, ever, ever. <laughs> and today we are joined again, our first, I think, our first repeat guest, uh, Plague, oh. Plague PJP. Hello. What's up? Certified old guard author over here. That's right. Yeah. Um, so something I think we I talked- was the first repeat guest, since I don't think you called me official at the beginning. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, uh, but you don't count because you're a co-host. Uh, yeah, I don't count because I and you are a guest co-host not as well. That's right. Um, I'm gonna turn off notifications. Well, fuck it. Okay. Anyway, um, so my understanding with streaming is you're supposed to leave notifications on so you can just hear that weird beeping noise <laughs> yeah, in the know, background for no reason. Hopefully, it doesn't oh, yeah, happen a lot. Um. Anyway, so we, because we were all three of us lucky enough to write things that ended up in the top 10 of the 7,000 contest, um, thought that we would get together to talk about some of these uh, articles that we thought deserved more attention that were outside the top 10. Because as much as 
the top 10 did get a lot of attention. Uh, quite a few things below that did not, uh, which mm-hmm. is sad, but big con. Yeah, um, it was it, huge. There were like 130 entries. It was huge. Um, but I will say that it seems like, as opposed to 6,000, it really dropped off pretty steeply. I mean, even noticeably when you get to me, which was at 10, uh, and even more so below that. Um, yeah, I was looking at, uh, like, comparing it, like, I was in 6th place. Comparatively to the 6th place last con, they were in the 300s up until mm-hmm. maybe 7th place. Yeah, we were we were 6th place in the yeah, last re- con. Re- readership oh, yeah, did seem were. a little bit low, and that might partially be because so many people wrote novellas, and it just... Yeah, there were a few. <laughs> we're going to talk about a couple of them today. There were a few pretty long ones. Um, and, you know, a bunch. There's, there's a And there's a lot a, of them are really good. Yeah. And there's a place for that. Mine know, was long. Yes, yeah, it was long. Mine was not. <laughs> mine was uh, mine was twice as long as the longest kick on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we thought, given our experience in doing several cons and and being in uh, fairly decent uh, spots, uh, we would talk about some of the other ones to share the wealth. Um, yeah. And plague, you had a pretty good idea about talking about some creative stuff. You know, for maybe yeah. people that are thinking about writing for the wiki or wondering whether or not they would have it yeah no shit uh who you know would want to get involved the next time there's a contest whether it's a k-con or something else yeah you, um, you said you know discussing the writing process for a k-con entry and uh you know wanting that sense of scale versus our personal touches to shine and i thought that was a really good suggestion so um you first <laughs> yeah so um, mentioning like novella, I think that is a common kind of like pothole a lot of authors will fall into, especially new ones. Where I know for my first ever article on the wiki, I was only familiar with the big things, like the very popular series one articles, the DJ Cactus articles, like all the long ones, like the 1730s, the 3999s, all those. Mm. And so you you always think like, okay, I need to go scale, scale, scale. No, you really don't like, and you're, this is coming from the guy who wrote about site nineteen. So you could call me a hypocrite, but let's take Harry's <laughs> entry for example. Harry's entry is literally a guy who's unlucky. Like if you boil it down <laughs> to the most basic thing, it's a guy who's unlucky, and the sense of scale comes from the story. And it's always like kind of like a meme that you need a narrative, but that narrative will always add more to your story. So you always want to look for an idea that's could be the most basic idea the anomalous site a crazy game show a guy who's a loser but the way you build on that is what makes your article a kcon and it, and i know this is kind of like not advice in a way but once you get into a groove of knowing where length fits in and where sense of scale where your sense of scale fits in you're going to be trucking through writing this article very, very fast. I know Harry, I checked, I, I was sandbox talking him, <laughs> and I saw he had maybe an addendum or two finished, and then I come back two days later and the entire thing's done, I'm like, oh my god. So once you get into <laughs> that groove, you really start to see where your writing can shine in a larger idea. And you don't yeah. always need a larger idea either. Yeah. Something like no, that's true. Oh, I agree. No, I, you know, I do think there's something to be said for uh, a small idea inviting further, ex- you know, expansion, where you start with something simple and then kind of see where the story takes you. I think, 
The important thing to think about is that there is not a minimum or a maximum length, and it really depends on what the story is. And I would urge people that are maybe not as comfortable writing longer things or don't have a lot of experience with it to try and hold off at first because pacing is a challenge and it always is. I mean, Harry, I know that's what you're mostly worried about when you have other people read your stuff. I mean, that's most of the time what I'm critiquing you on is, well, I I go over it 20 times, so there aren't going to be a lot of spelling and grammar mistakes. left. (laughs) So what I really want to know is if it's boring. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, you know, the the length is like a mutable thing. Like, you know, yeah. I, I still say that 6,500 is exactly the length it needed to be, and it's the length of a, f- a fairly long novel. But yes. most of the things I've written are not like that. Most of the things I've written are like 5,000 words at most, and some of them much shorter. Uh, you know, I think it's important. I think, especially with this contest, and, you know, maybe this is overgeneralizing, but so many of them were long, and so many of them I kept seeing moments where I was like, I would have cut this whole thing. Like, and I think there's kill your darlings is a really important, effective, like writing technique. And you have to start, you know, and maybe get people that you're not comfortable with. Take a look at it. You know, it's a risk, I realize. But sometimes you need to know whether or not the random person on the street who isn't invested in what you're writing uh, will have a problem with it halfway through or whatever. Um, in my case, I had, um, you guys are familiar with my writing, but for the audience who might not be, my first article, which was deleted, that was around maybe 12k words, it was self-deleted after maybe a year. But if you're familiar with any of my writing, you know I don't really write too lengthy of a piece. Yep. I think other than um, my 6k con entry, which was a triple collab, where I had two other people to kind of bounce off and help me with the length there, it's around 7,000 words. For that one but other than that i think my my articles kind of average out around maybe two thousand or three thousand words yep so writing I, i'm i'm almost three years on this site now and this is this contest is the first time time i'm writing something with a more serious tone and while i still try to put humor in there it's a more serious tone and it's lengthier so waiting for those two years when i finally got like my skills down and I know that's similar for you guys, too, where you guys kind of, like, adapted to the format a lot and finally yep. became comfortable within the last year or so to write these wacky <laughs> ideas, like, or these crazy ideas that need, like, the length or need different formats, something like a 6500 or our 6K con, or our 7K con, where we finally are comfortable to flourish in the format. And it takes time. That's all it is. It's time and practice. No, totally. Uh, I think it's really important for people to spend time writing and reading, uh, and not a little bit of time. Um, that's not to say you shouldn't do anything for six months or something, but, you know, it is, I think, especially depending on your level of expertise in writing, and I had written a lot before I came to the wiki, and still I had to, like, retask the way that I write things to fit the formatting. And, you know, I, I agree, like, in My 7000, it, you know, wasn't a long thing, but it there were some pretty stark departures from a lot of other uh, ways that these contest entries go. And I don't think I would have had the guts or the confidence to do it the way that I did um, six months or even a year ago. 
And yeah. that comes with the fact that I, A, have been writing Victim for a year and a half now, and I really, really know it. Um, and I have zero problem with the emotional and tonal whiplash that I go for in that. But, you know, it, <laughs> when, when people come to me and talk, I want to do Victim right away, I'm like, okay, right. I really, w I, I don't want to make it like necessary that you read all of them, but you should really read a few, you know, quite a few of them to try and get the tone down because yeah. it's hard to describe. Um, and I think that's true of a lot of different things. You know, uh, one of the ones we're going to talk about today, um, I really liked because Harry recommended, you know, it was, it, uh, it's Abby's one oh, yeah. because it's like, wow, is this like, not to diminish it, Asabi, if you're listening, this is not diminishing. I love your article. Um, but it feels almost like, hey, I would like to write like Metaphysician writes. And, you know, I know it's obviously been around for a little while. And it's not that it was copying anything from Metaphysician. Nope. But, but like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that Asabi probably wouldn't have felt as confident writing that story and the weird places it goes the first couple of weeks they were on the wiki. Mm -hmm. um, sure. If I look at the thing that I wrote first, as much as I am very proud of it and think that it did very well and it's like 240 or something, um, it also, I see all the problems with it in terms of pacing. It, it was way too invested in the idea of addendums and all that, you know, it, uh, collapsibles and stuff, which I never use now. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I think the biggest, like, advice I can give before someone tries to write, you know, something significantly long, on the wiki, especially for a contest where there's going to be a lot of attention, which is urge people to get more comfortable in their writing skills and doing mm -hmm. that. You know, it's okay to write something smaller at first. Um, that's not to say that it has to be done that way. You know, big sloth in my face has shown that that's not true. Um, but, yeah. uh, but I certainly think that there's a certain sense of comfortability you have to get. And the only way that you can do there's no shortcuts. It, the only way that you can do that is is by practicing your ability to write and, and learning from other people. Yeah, on the on the note of what you were talking about with like um, Asabi and like metaphysician, there is nothing wrong with reading another author's works and taking inspiration from that. Like, no, yeah, yeah. My first summer on the site, I sat down and read every single one of um, the Ever Commander's articles, and then I went through <laughs> every single debut full article. <laughs> And sure. I'm sure you guys both can see where yeah. the inspiration comes from there. And once you kind of, um, when I first, Dune knows about this, I first tried to write like a Moon Champion wacky character. And I kind of missed the point of Moon Champion and the article sucked and I never posted it. But you, once you finally find your personal kind of shtick, or you're comfortable that's that's when it's best to kind of branch off like i my i wrote yeah. a horror piece after finally getting comfortable with comedy and knowing that that's my backbone to fall on um and then like i mentioned i wrote the, the somewhat serious 7k so taking inspiration playing around with id ideas and until you become comfortable is, is the best course to go yeah. absolutely yeah i guess i since since I supposedly won the contest, I suppose I should supposedly have, have, have some kind of... Well, it's it's what everybody tells me. I haven't really been paying attention, you know, but... Uh, Shut they, they up! Should. Yeah, I wasn't worried. I spent the whole month just on a beach, totally relaxed. I didn't have any anxiety whatsoever. This took, like, years off my life. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, I think it just... 
sounds like a very obvious piece of advice, but I will make it slightly less obvious, is that the whole thing needs to be in surface of the idea and executing the idea the way that the idea deserves to be executed. Because I went into this with goals. One of the goals was not to be longer than 6,000. <laughs> Absolutely did not want to have a long article. Wanted to have an article that was 7,000 words long. I went in with the idea, and the idea happened the day the theme dropped. I read the theme, and I went, well, it's luck. It has to be about my character who has bad luck that it wrote that lovely, lamest story never told that gives him this backstory of, of his bad luck anomaly. And I thought, well, it, it has to be that. And I thought, okay, so I can write a thing about this character, Dr. <laughs> William Weddle, and it can be 7,000 words long. And for it to be a KCON story about a guy who's got bad luck, it should be something about luck going bad on a global scale and his luck staying shit for no reason he can figure out. And I thought, okay, that makes sense. That's a good solid one for about 7,000 words. And I did only want it to be that long because I was trying to be a little mercenary about it. I was thinking, I want I this idea is good enough that this is probably the best KCON idea I'm going to get. So this might be my chance to maybe win one if I'm really, really, really lucky. I had no expectation that I would win it at all but i thought this was like maybe a good shot at it so i wanted it to be something people would digest and read so i went into it thinking it should be seven thousand words long and i desperately wanted it to be that and then i didn't do that and the reason <laughs> i didn't do that is i decided to make it as good as it could be as opposed to making it marketable because mm -hmm. i worked on the idea and i went all right here's the character here's the arc he has this number of things happen to him. He has this number of revelations. He talks to the audience while pretending to talk to the recorder several times. And he has these, these character developments. The background characters have these developments. The overall plot has to be about this big in order for um, it, the emotional beats to be justified. And the more I wrote, the more I went, fuck, shit, piss. This can't be 7,000 words long. It's impossible. You can't just jump from emotional revelation to emotional revelation. There needs to be something in between making the scale make sense, making a bit of a buffer between events. There needs to be comedy here if there's going to be character development here, and there needs to be comedy throughout because this is an inherently funny idea, and if it's not funny all the way through, the audience won't stick with it all the way through. And I kept looking at it and going, it needs to have this many scenes in this order and they have to be this long to be functional and fuck it. It's almost 17,000 words and that's <laughs> absolutely not what I wanted under any circumstances. But if it wasn't 17,000 words, it wouldn't achieve whatever it achieves. It wouldn't be as good and it wouldn't have won. So somehow my decision to just make it as long as it needed to be to get to where it needed to go worked which I am immensely grateful that enough people were willing to be patient uh, and, and read the article. Um, but part of that was also pacing, as you were saying. And mm -hmm. I tried to make sure that there was, no matter what you came here for, there was something going on at least every few hundred words to keep your attention, which is part of the reason why I wrote and rewrote and rewrote to make sure that there was, without feeling like a cavalcade of absurdity, there was a good gag every once in a while just to uh, keep the people who need need humor paying attention and in the end it just it, it was not long because i wanted it to be long and i think there were kcon entries that were like this has to be epic so i'm gonna make it huge yeah i was going the opposite direction and i think that's the only legitimate way to reach a long length in an article i think it's an illegitimate decision like an actually bad maybe never defensible opinion 
to go, I'm going to come into this to write a really long thing. I think that's always maybe even like objectively the wrong thought to have. I think the thought is this idea has to be as long as it takes to effectively and efficiently like achieve the idea. And that's where the idea of the length comes from. If it justifies it and it does more with the length, it should be long. If it doesn't, it shouldn't. And this one just needed to be that long. Yeah, you got there in an organic way, which is the reason why length can work for you. I mean, there were multiple times in writing parts of 6500 that I was like, this is too long, I need to cut this, or, well, okay, now it's going to have to be, well, it doesn't make sense if it doesn't, they need to go here, and then they need to go here. And <clears throat> and I, I honestly say, if you look at the individual parts of 6500, there are parts of it where we were all pretty circumspect um, and not going as deep into character development and, and descriptions of environments as we could have been if it was a standalone literary piece. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think you're right that the only way to make a lengthy thing work is if it's in service to the point of it where it's like okay i need these things not just because i decided it but because it fits right right and revising is a huge part of that i mean maybe not as often and as detailed as you do it but but revising is you know (laughs) super important of course um yeah it just it it just has to be as long as it has to be and it can't just be long because you want it to be epic if it's an epic idea it will naturally achieve its epic scale and you would be remiss in not achieving it if it is not a naturally big cool crazy idea it shouldn't have big cool crazy length because it is wasting someone's time Um, so you just let the length organically occur based on the execution of of the thing and it isn't like a k-con piece needs to be a giant event either the last three are big crazy events the rest of them are not and i'm pretty sure eventually there will be one that's just a thing that does a thing that has a good story attached to it that's four thousand words long and that will be good as well so just pick the best idea you have execute the idea the best way you can and however long it is is however long it is yeah uh, to get a little go ahead greg no go for it um and you guys even not for like a KCOM piece, I, I assume Harry does, but he can correct me. But do you guys physically outline when you're writing? Because no. I have a point I want to make. No? Uh, I only did that with when I was writing my uh, novel that's just come out. <laughs> uh, I did that because it was huge. you do more of like a stream of consciousness thing? I write everything in completely the wrong order, just willy-nilly all over the place. Oh, and really? Then I, revise it, then I revise it sensibly into the correct order. I do do an outline, but it's very loose. Surprise! Yeah, um, but it's very, very loose because I find that if I write a detailed outline, the energy I have to write the article is gone. Um, <laughs> so I don't do that, and it and it feels like a cage at that point, and so I don't do that. Yeah, and it's a hard thing to learn. And it's so whenever I recommend people do outlines, I'm always throwing out the caveats that it's super loose. You just, I want a scene where something like this happens. I want a scene where something like this happens. Maybe briefly, I have a conversation between these two characters and it's, and the idea is to go for this emotion. That's as much as I do. Because if I was to really detailed out and it happens here and then this happens and then this happens, then the piece is worse. And usually, almost all my writing goes into more of a flow of consciousness and it's only loosely constrained by 
this skeleton. Um, right. Because otherwise I don't like what I write and I have thrown away some drafts because of it. Or by throwing it away, I mean I've rewritten it entirely because uh, every draft, reason- almost every draft I've written is on the site, which is funny. The reason I ask is because this uh, the 7,000 contest, my entry was the first time I've ever done somewhat of an outline. Because mm-hmm. yeah. normally I kind of have the idea pop into my head and wait for the story to form on itself. So once I did that, it's I think if you have an idea that kind of you feel is going to be long, or even an idea in general that you're worried about length, it's a good idea for like newer authors to kind of pace it out in a way that's like, outlineable like like gregory said loose outline because mine was literally addendum two this happens beat 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 addendum three this happens beat beat beat. and you see in harry's entry how you have an a plot and a b plot going on kind of with um everything going wrong with uh weddell and then the chaos insurgency and the (laughs) overseer council so you kind of have those two things bouncing back and forth and that's something where you kind of have to realize that length plays a part into and you have to balance that out right and harry did that perfectly but for a newer author that could be somewhat difficult so it's a good place to know what length what length works in your favor and where it doesn't so when you come up with an idea i think the best thing you can do is sit down think about it ruminate and then if you need an outline, write one out. If not, get a description and addendum down. Even if you can't come up with an ending, can't come up with another B in the story, have something down and that'll help your brain connect the dots. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that was in my mind the whole time was there's two plots going on. They both need to have some sense of equal airing so that they're both getting somewhere and, and fitting them together so that you're bouncing between the two of them organically was definitely something I had to plot out. But that happened between iterations as opposed to planning if i'd planned it better it probably would have gone smoother but i was also writing in a panic (laughs) i will say um to get into the nitty-gritty just a little bit about the organic length conversation i think instead of you know to make it just a little less esoteric the idea that people have you know sometimes they're frustrated but when writers like well it just needs to be as long as it needs to be or you know what organically comes the idea that we're talking about is okay I want to reach this next conclusion. What would make sense between now and that next conclusion? And how could I make them fit? Um, And, you know, Harry doesn't do it and somehow makes fucking great stories. But it can be very useful to write an outline if you are worried about getting lost in an idea. Yeah. So, especially if you want to write, not want to write, but you're worried this is a big idea that's maybe going to get long. Because I think... In general, outlines do help with pacing. Um, yeah, and, absolutely. But and 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 separately, the thing that I think really works, and in short articles and long articles, is having the. It's not even an A B plot and a B plot sometimes, but it's two aspects of an article that you're bouncing between. Yes, it's why I think uh, victim has resonated with so many people because it, it goes, um, really creepy, bleak horror and then switches into like absurdist. But I I will often actually think about how I'm going to do that. Um, 
And it's not as simple as, oh, now I did this, so now I should do this. But I do kind of have it in my head, this balance, you know, this weight and saying, okay, did I go this far? Okay, now I should switch it back. Um, and uh, I did that with 7K with the videos uh, because it was yes. all absurdism. And then the videos were completely deadpan, but they're ridiculous. And they're just ridiculous in a completely different way. Okay. Yeah, they're ridiculous because they don't, they don't even... They don't even organically contribute to the no. plot, so that's that's the humor of them. They're played completely straight and serious, and you have no idea why they're there. And you're like, "What?" <laughs> like, I don't mean the parts that are the ads. I mean the parts with the journals. You're just like, what? "Well, I was talking of Avarium because I mean, Avarium came up with the structure, which has been very helpful, and he also did it with um, with the first game show one that we did five six eight one, I think, um, yeah. where you know I just have never watched game shows. I kind of hate game shows. Um, and I was like, I don't have any experience. This is a great idea, but I don't know how they work. And so Varian came up with like the characters and sort of their background a little bit and, uh, and the sorts of games that we could do. And I kind of massaged them and changed them in a lot of ways. But as I was going through that process and, and you know, a lot of the day-to-day -day writing I was doing myself, um, I was like, well, we're going to do ads. And he's like, well, how are we going to do ads? I'm like, I'm going to make videos. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I've been learning how to make videos. We're going to do it. It's fine. Uh, and then I was like halfway through the first, making the first video. And these took fucking hours for things that are a minute long. Um, yep. But uh, I was like, what if we had an interruption? What if the ads are already an atonal interruption from the story? <laughs> what if we had an atonal interruption from the ads within the ads? <laughs> and he was like that sounds insane just fine do it whatever like let's just he was just like riding the roller coaster i was setting him on i think uh but i just it was very much a sense of like what i wanted from seven con with misfortune gorge was a for it to be to fit in with any of the other victim articles but also one that not only showcased the weirdness for maybe new readers to hopefully get people interested in the GOI, but also for it to be something completely different. And so I was like constantly balancing this feeling of like, I want it to be just like a victim article and not be some epic thing, but I also want it to like really stand out. Uh, and there was a lot of atonal uh, like whiplash going on, which I really enjoy. But <laughs> Yeah, it worked out big time. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, general advice, um, plan things out. yourself. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to do something for a KCON or any contest entry, knowing that there are going to be more eyes on it, don't be as concerned with, I want to make something epic. It doesn't have to be something epic. Um, Harry's yours is epic and isn't epic, which I really fucking like. Um, yeah, it's, it's epic and it's about a guy falling on his face. Right. It's just a, it's just a character piece, but it's also not. And it's, uh, which is really... I don't know how you manage that, but that's, it really works. Um, a month, a month. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, but like, <laughs> just, keep plan things else. out, you know, really do think about what it is you're trying to write about. If, if your goal is just to make a splash and just to do something epic, hold off, let that idea, you know, percolate a bit. Like Plague was saying. So many ways you could take an idea. Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing. Do not be constrained by your original thought process. That's why I make loose outlines. And if the outline doesn't work for where I'm going with it in the middle of the article, I fucking throw it away. 
Yes. Do not consider yourself caged by what your original goal was. Sometimes you can think of a completely left turn a story can take, and it works beautifully. That's that's something I, I experienced with um, an article about the horse skeleton. I have no <laughs> idea how to end that thing. And then random, I, I had it set in Ralliston's um, canon from the beginning. And somehow this idea just passed me by until I was like laying in bed one night. And I was like, oh my god, I just make this thing a fae and then it steals their names. <laughs> you, you have those lightning bolt moments every so often when you when you write an article and it feels great. And it yep. feels so completely organic. It feels like that was the idea you started with, is how well you executed that. In the, well, in the I article, think it's one of my best. Yes, in the article, which is avoiding saying the name because of how non-indicative it is, but it is, of course, called Eight Mile Beast of Lust and Hatred Born. <laughs> <laughs> it's really <laughs> fitting, but it is. I guess, I guess Plague has forgotten the name of his own. <laughs> no, I forgot that joke it. you made. <laughs> Um, you stole Ralston's... I haven't heard it out loud since the last podcast. <laughs> we'll have to say it once per podcast. Um, yeah, it's 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 uh, Ralston's horrible original CupidCon title plus Eight Mile for some reason. <laughs> well, because it's kind of a rap battle, so that was the original. Yeah, title. okay, I, was, no, like, I, I just want to make fun of Ralston, so I took the title. I've done a lot of things just to make fun of Ralston. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what I was going to say. Mm, whatever probably make fun of Ralston. No, probably not. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think I think, you know, oh, I do remember what I was going to say. So, yeah, the yeah. one, my first thing that I was doing for our department con entry, I mean, I had the idea right from the beginning. Ip was very interested in, and he sold us both on it, of this idea of this department that dealt with economic anomalies, and then taking one of each of the articles and showcasing, like, a decade. Uh, and yeah, what that cool decade, idea. it was very cool, what that decade emphasized. And uh, and I got the second one, which was the 80s. And I thought, what better thing than, like, gross capitalism, um, but, like, you know, Wall Street type of capitalism, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, that kind of thing, um, and, and, the, and uh, the satanic panic. And so that's all I was doing, was just making a, like, shameless capitalist, like, corporation, but in that goofy 80s sort of way that also was like actually the satanic panic for real and the foundation is actually making the satanic panic uh to cover up the real weird satanic stuff that's going on and i could not think of a way to end it uh until i just decided to make it a stealth three moons initiative article <laughs> right and that was such a good ending shit i forgot about that uh, uh which i still like so much um and so that stuff can just happen where you just kind of get to the end sometimes i have the ending all the way you know from the beginning uh, i know exactly what i want it's just how i do how do i get there and then other times it's like i know how to get there i'm not sure what i want it to be though just i think that i think that's like that ought to be the next creative corner is just the the times that you suddenly had a bolt from the blue and changed what you were doing at the last minute and found a sudden solution to a problem there's a mm -hmm. good topic yeah, that is good Lock on one. Lock on one. <laughs> but all right let's uh let's let's get into the subject matter so yeah let's do that Seven thousands theme was luck um yes it was and boy was i lucky very controversial it was very controversial people were pretty upset and i think i people loved were it from like the start I didn't care for it personally, but most people didn't like it. I thought it was I didn't great. hate I it. Won, so I guess there's the solution. <laughs> you, you have to just think that, that you'd like the theme and you'll win. 
You liked it because you immediately knew how to, to solve the, the problem. I liked it because I didn't come in with an, a draft half written. Uh, bitches. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, I never man. do that either. <laughs> Sorry. Don't, don't do that. To. Um, it's like half of the people do. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, obviously. Um, nope. But uh, luck was, you know, fairly controversial uh, from author's perspective. So was nature. Uh, so was nature. And, you know, that worked out pretty fucking great. Uh, and so did this one. And, you know, I think there's a lot of um, concern when you get a luck that seems relatively narrow. Um, and I, I think most of the articles were not what we expected. There were a lot of really very original and, like, intriguing ways to address the problem. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody, all our articles, we were talking about scale. But, like, there was a lot of, like, small, quaint articles. Pop. There what were. Co- I, what comes in the mind is like Peace Staffers, um, Sumerians, like those articles that were like very small anomalies with a very short, shorter stories or very like close to home stories that like really did well. Yeah, like the one that uh, the, uh, I'll tell you any fin, the one about the fish that we have to pretend we don't know who wrote that one. Oh, yeah. Was really short. One. <laughs> the anonymous author we all don't know. Yes. <laughs> I genuinely don't know, but okay. Um, so I'll tell you later. Okay, uh, the contests. I think you know we we did talk about what contests are like, um, but just in case someone did not listen to that KCON episode, the idea is that we uh, break out uh, lists on the wiki, kind of a series of slots. You and not usually always a thousand long. Uh, when we get close to filling up the last one, and then there's a contest that's held usually for a month, month and a half, uh, and it's based on a theme. And then the idea is whoever wins gets the, you know, initial article. So Harry won; he got the seven thousand contest. And then when you write one of these articles, you put in your author posts. Hopefully, uh, here are some backup ones if I don't win. Um, and so that's why so many of these are going to feel very not they're not similar but why they all kind of are themed around luck is because you know it's kind of a big it's the big contest whenever this one gets brought up and sometimes there's a lot of time in between sometimes there's only a year and a half when we went through the previous contest we noticed that actually it happened a few times where there was only a year and a half so it's Mm -hmm. people worried about it filling up too fast you know maybe that's a problem but it seems like that happens not infrequently so. Yeah, if it happens again, I think we'll have to yeah. start thinking about doing things different. Like, if, if the next one's in a year again, I think we're going to have to yeah. see what, what we can do about maybe. <laughs> because, and yeah. you know, it's, I don't I don't want to be negative, but I think the problem is that it eats up a lot of time where anything else can be done in the wiki. Um, yeah. Anything that you put up, like I put up an article before the end of the contest and it's like languished. Um, and because no one's going to pay attention to it. Uh, and so yeah, like everyone if, avoids if, it. If this was, if this was any law, lo- if the KCON period was any longer and more pointless and destructive to getting anything else done, it would be the American electoral system. <laughs> <laughs> I, like we, uh, we mentioned how they're a month or a month and a half long, but also taking into consideration how like slate culture works from the, when that contest is announced, readership just drops because yeah. everyone's writing so there's two weeks two three weeks as the context that announces yeah. you post something that's going to languish during the posting period you're going to get swept up if you don't post something for the contest and for about two or two or so weeks after the contest everybody's kind of recovering 
Yeah. So you're dealing with that as well. So it's about a month, two, two and a half months of just like consistent attention on this thing and everyone is tired afterwards. Very. Yeah. Uh, there's always that, you know, sometimes upwards of like a month or two months after the contest is over that people are just like, mm-hmm. ugh. Uh, and so, you know, if that were to happen once a year, then we're talking about a third of the year being like demolished and that kind of sucks. So anyway, uh, so the goal here was for each of us to come up with three articles outside of the top 10, um, that, uh, that we really liked. So, uh, first plague you picked out SCP 7200 boats by Ace Mallard and SMLT. Oh, I love this article. Yes, this is very, very good. It's a very, it's a short comparatively to the other entries. Already. It is quite short. It is an anomalous phenomenon causing the disappearances of non-military ships in international waters, and the article just kind of follows that as the foundation is attempting to stop these random disappearances through different means of containment. And I'm not going to spoil the article, but they finally come up with one that initially flew over my head. And had that explained to me, but I absolutely love it. It's such like a, it's not very like uh, written out in the article. They have to look out for hints. But once you see it, it's really funny. It's really cute. And it's just like, yeah, that makes sense. It's amazing. They're like, mm-hmm. they're like, all of these boats are disappearing. We're losing a significant proportion of all the boats in the world are disappearing for some reason. And their solution is not even let's find out why or let's stop it from happening. It's, Let's figure out what the rules of this are and lawyer the fuck out of those rules. The attempts to containment are probably my favorite part of it uh, because they all make yeah. like some really smart sense. Like, and this isn't spoil- spoiling it, but like they try, they're gonna. Well, what if we tagged a whole bunch of commercial ships and that doesn't work? And what if we put people on the ships to see what happens? Well, it doesn't work. And they start escorting the ships with like a naval. Well, it doesn't work. Uh, it, it's really. I liked the methodical way that they tried to deal with the containment because so often containment is just we're just expecting to read between the uh, the reader to put it fill in the blanks in between the lines and go like oh they came to this this way um, and something I feel like is missing from the articles pretty often and I don't do it that often either is well how did we get to this uh, how did we get to this containment procedures. Uh, and I think that's pretty fun to watch them fall on their face. I have to say, you know, we don't have to spoil it, uh, but I don't understand the twist. <laughs> really? You don't? No. Yeah. I'll tell you after the show. Okay. But, we'll, we'll, we'll include it in our list of things to explain to you after the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, 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 I read it twice and I was like, I, I know what it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a really, when you, he, when you hear it out loud. I'm sure I'll feel dumb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's also uh, this is a completely stupid thing to compliment an article on, but it uses tables really cleverly because it has an image that you you can see how the image has progressed over time. And oh, tabs, ta- tabs. I didn't I didn't mean to say tables. It uses tabs correctly, which is a very rare thing. And I don't mean like not correctly. I mean it used it cleverly. It uses the tabs so that you can switch between versions of the image, which is good because the image carousel component we have for switching between it's images it doesn't fucking work most of the time well and also um, it's just not very attractive story too it yeah, does it, because it kind of adds to the like the stakes you know because you see the first one that. and it's like oh it's a couple of ships and you see the next one you're like oh it's more ships and then the third one, you're like oh shit <laughs> there's a lot of ships going missing considering how important ships are to the human race in general yeah like still like it's still the most common way to transport like what is it like 80 to 90 percent of all like goods and food and you know material 
it, it's 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 funny that it was using um, tabs because I've never seen tabs used to show progression in an image before, and no, it, it kind of makes sense in a sense because the articles by Ace Mallard and um, Smilt and Ace Mallard's captain of the one of the captains of the tech team and. Um, Milt r- runs Crom, the robot uh-huh. that we use to find all our articles. So of course they figured out a clever thing to do with the doc. <laughs> uh, it's something I really want to use. Like I don't know what I would use it for, but it's yeah, really the same thing. Idea. It's very smart, I and like, I would be. expect a lot of people. It's so simple. I can't believe nobody, like as far as I've seen, nobody has thought of doing this before. It's very smart. And normally people just put text in their in their tabs, which is of course a thing that perverts and monsters do. Fuck off with tabs. Hey, nobody likes hey. tabs. Nobody likes reading tabs. Nobody, hey, okay, no, the dos- those dossier tabs you did are different because they. Make it look like a dossier most people just throw Thank tabs you. in tab view and they look like <laughs> shit and they make the article seem shorter than it is which pisses everybody off yeah no, no i've only done it where they look like a dossier are cool i only did it twice and which was one was to recreate yeah a, an actual file and the other one was the uh the um day the Davite hub which is the same yes. kind of goal those yeah those were those were very cool. Uh, and other than other than that, and doing hubs uh, tabs should be illegal. So, have we finished? <laughs> um, first, below one proposal, use them well. I think just it added which to one? The, uh, Memento Mori for his first. Um, oh yeah, well, it makes a lot of okay. Yeah, the tabs make a lot of sense on that one. They're also not go very long, if I remember correctly. Oh, they're yeah, not, they're not. They're not huge. Yeah, they're like yeah. a very short description, mm-hmm. maybe an interview, maybe like a little transcript. Really That's what I really like if you use tab. I mean, sometimes I think it's unavoidable, but when I see people use tabs and they're like all things that fit, they don't expand at all. Um, yeah. It, it's Especially if there's a strong image component, because I think it's really fun to hide images in them. Mm. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah if you're hiding stuff, that's good. As long as it's not length that you're hiding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's like, a comic book full. I think the best use I've seen, other than the images in this, for like tech space is uh literally mechanicals um ethics committee oh yeah quest where it's just like you're playing an ethics committee like member of the ethics committee and you're just reading through these files so it makes sense there as long as you have a reason in universe to use them exactly a good reason to use them i'm really glad that it exists to like recreate the idea of a file like we talked about last episode that that uh chaos insurgency uh briefing which is like with slate vendor or whatever that used yeah, the yeah. tabs to like recreate the idea of this file uh, uh i like that that's what they're good for yeah anyway uh yeah it's anyway, very short that's and it's and really really tabs. fun but yeah this next one yeah. is not short but it's still fun mm. uh I'm a little jealous of this next one because they actually did what we were originally trying to do with 6500 and then we kind of just made a novel. Uh, um, Is this actually the original idea? Our original idea was to do a Choose Your Own Adventure novel. I had to look at the outline to see which one it was you did. Yeah, so Harry, you picked this one, which is SCP-7... Yes. Which one? 7390, Grimsley Tudge. Grimsley Tudge, yeah, by Jack Jack Dyke. I love this article. Yeah, it's this really is, good. I think, this is, I think, the the differential article. I think this is the worst rated high quality article in the contest. Yeah, this uh, has the lowest rating compared to its quality of all of them, and not not down votes, just people not fucking reading. Mm. I admittedly I really did like not it. finish this, but I got maybe like two or three offsets in. I enjoyed it, so I'm gonna finish it after the cast. Well, depending on how you That's vote, nice piece of writing. you'd be done by the fourth offset. <laughs> 
I think. <laughs> uh, which is okay. cool. Uh, that is cool. So, so yeah, why don't you explain... A lot of trouble. Yeah. I mean, don't explain the anomaly because that's spoiling it. But like, yeah, I'm not gonna what, spoil the what's the setup? Yeah. Um, so I think when people see, like people who know the names of authors who aren't the top ten, <laughs> I think when people see Jack Ike, they expect an article to be some extraordinarily um, complex... Uh, uh, maybe pataphysical, maybe technological, maybe like conceptual mind screw weird thing, because that's one of the things that Jack Ike does a lot of and does them well. Um, this isn't that at all. This is one of the least Jack Ike articles I've ever read. And it is nevertheless extremely good because it is, and the entire offsite community groans, it is mostly a story. It is mostly a tale. It is set up as a tale. And yeah. you look at it and you go, I don't even see the fucking SCP. And you can scroll all the way across the first offset, the first page, and go, no fucking SCP. What the hell? It's a tale. It's a tale about this guy, whose name is indeed Grimsley Trudge, who works <laughs> for a foundation department, and his job is going to be to find out how a disaster worked and what's going on and do a foundation disaster uh, um, investigation. But there's a gimmick to the tale, and the tale is that Mr. Trudge has this weird little thing he does where he flips a coin for some important decisions in his life. And so when you reach the end of one page of this article, you uh, flip the coin yourself and you get the heads or tails option. And because there's several offsets to the story, it branches off bit by bit when he decides to either do the heads thing or the tails thing based on what you, you get with your coin. And the way that you progress through the story will determine what the SCP is because the SCP does show up at the end. And it's different depending on how you progress through the story, which is a great, great, clever way of doing things that I I think really deserve more attention because not only that, the prose in this is really good. It is. It's, it it's is a really, really good. good story. The characters are funny and interesting and the main character is likable. The other character is less likable. Um, the, it feels real. It's fleshed out. It's a department that's an interesting department and it's just a really good story. And it's at 49 and I'm just mad at everybody. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, um, it's an intimidating piece. Yeah, it and, and it, it does feel that way and it isn't actually even that long because of because of that, although it is if you want to read every version of the story. And I'm not gonna. I read the part I like, and I really like it, and we're good. Um, <laughs> you, got, you got the canonical ending. To me. Uh, but now it's a 50, because I didn't upload it before. So. Aha, yay! I do want to read a part of the, uh, yeah. the prose from the first age sure. as soon as you open yes. it. I really, really like. Hit it. Go for it's, it. Uh, where'd it go? The coin is old. Older than Grimsley by two decades, and shows clear signs of its age. Over the past four decades since he's found it, Grimsley has become adept at caring for it, preserving the remaining vestige of silver it retains from its melting in 1955, from 1959. He still remembers that discovery, too. Seven-year-old Grimsley was given a handful of coins by his mother so he could buy a pair of Coca-Cola from a vending machine. In went the coins, and out came the coin. Rejected. I love that. Oh, it's great. Um, I like even more so that, like, they kind of go a little bit deeper into it and realize that, well, the coin is like nothing special, but, but it is, but it is something special. Uh, oh. it's really, really quite good. This is also another piece that ties into, uh, Jack Ike's, 
uh, was part of the logistics department, logistics uh, department in yes. the department con, and this one does really a wonderful job of like further exploring that concept. But you don't have to have read any of those other ones to understand. This is perfectly self-contained. Yeah, it's a good proof of concept for that idea. It's it just, is. And, it's and really, it's such really a, good. It's it's a lot of fun. It is not in any sense a trudge. <laughs> yeah, uh, really, really, it. it it's un. It's a really unfortunate that's at fifty. I hope that people that listen to this will give it a shot because it is seriously crazy, un- underrated. Absolutely, it is. All right, so we uh, are going to move on to something. I think you also because I was like working so much. I didn't read nearly enough during the contest. I was working so much during this. And I barely- read. I read most of them. I didn't read all of them because there were 130. I've still only read like maybe a third of them, but I was in first place. I felt I kind of owed everybody (laughs) who was reading my stuff to read their stuff, so I I went went as far as I could. If I had been unemployed like in 6K, I would have read most of them again. I just was working like 50 to 60 hours a week. So um, so we the next one we're going to do is one that I picked up, which is SCP-7998 Eel Days by an actual Uh. crow. Oh, this is a good article. It's a really, really good article. This great is one of my article. favorites, too. I love it, this article. It's so fantastic. It is, it is. It's unique. Okay, so the SCP is an anomaly, is a is a probabilistic phenomenon causing mutation, oftentimes with significant um, abilities attached, though not always. Uh, and it's much, much more likely to happen uh, with humans. Uh, it's in... It's like something like 3% of, or no, I'm sorry, 0.3% of all humans are. And then further than that, the SCP Foundation has decided to start hiring these people. Instead of containing them, uh, it has started hiring them. And uh, roughly 70% of the people that have interesting mutations are working for the Foundation. And this is a world in which the Foundation is in the public eye. It's like Broken Masquerade, although I will point out that this is not technically part of broken masquerade it's more of a in the future yeah it's its own little thing and the story centers around one of these people that has a mutation obviously um and this guy is unfortunate because his mutation is just that one of his arms is a fucking eel (laughs) and it's an eel that is like alive uh and has a brain but it's not like an eel that can talk it's just a fucking eel uh that he calls lefty um and he doesn't have any special powers and it's uh, pretty early on, it's pretty clear that he is very unhappy with his position within the foundation because he got hired to do, you know, to make a difference and to do research. He's a scientist. Um, and it's pretty clear that he's very unhappy because other people are getting significantly, uh, they're just able to do more quicker. Uh, and and he's kind of being left behind and they tap him to do PR. And what's really funny is the way that they decide, the way that they notice that he is unhappy is because he starts editing the file and the way that he's editing the file is like super depressing. <laughs> he's like listing all the experimental results of his anomaly, which is like Dr. DeSanti hates his coworkers. Dr. DeSanti <laughs> does not know if eels are capable of hate. <laughs> One day, Dr. DeSanti will drive five hours to the beaches of Western Italy. There he will cut off his arm to the eel may return to the sea. Moral eels cannot survive in Mediterranean waters. <laughs> it's just this bleak as fuck thing, and it's awaiting approval. And then he gets called in by a supervisor to be like, hey, maybe, maybe you're not, you know, uh, in the right spot. Maybe you should be doing PR. And at first he pushes back against it, uh, and then he kind of decides, oh, fuck it, I'll do it. Um, and it's 
what well, you know, I'm not going to read most of it. It's, it's not a short one, but it's not super long either. Uh, I feel like it, it, it's pretty often pretty funny, but it's also uh, kind of a touching character study and also a discussion mm-hmm. of like somebody being forced into a situation that they didn't want to be uh, and trying to make the best of it. And the conflict is never like obvious. It's this very personal kind of conflict. Um, and I really, really fucking loved it. It reminded me a lot of that um, Radiger, a bear man piece, man bear piece. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that one's that one's a bit more ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's a little more edged in comedy. Yeah. This one is is really cool because you have this like crazy idea, and it's played straight for pretty much the entire description. No real like jokes around it, and then you get to the experimental results, like you were mentioning, Gregory. And then, like, for the most part after that, there is, like, humor spatters throughout. But, like, this is played pretty straight. Mm-hmm. You kind of just see this character, like, kind of hate his job into, like, learning to somewhat like it. And I found that really interesting for such, like, a wacky idea that it becomes more of a character study. That it was very, very unique. Is it's, it... it's a... go Sorry, go on. No, no, you go. No, yeah, just the idea that it's an anomaly that's turning a very significantly large proportion mm-hmm. of the global population into super super mutants and... And that's the anomaly, but it's actually really about this guy with an eel for an arm. And for, for me, the thing that makes this stick out, like it's a great character piece, and it's actually presented really well with these little documents rearranged with uh, interviews and such that really bring out the characters. But for me, the thing that makes it really stick in my head is it has this Watchmen slash Lord of the Rings thing going on where it feels like the author thought up an entire setting in detail to tell one story that didn't oh, yeah. cover that all. Yeah. So the whole thing feels unique to itself and a coherent universe that is like unique to this story. And that's the background for this individual story they're telling within it. So like this, this feels like somebody just dropped a cannon in a, in a single story. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. I yeah, really, it, really it love does, this. If, I mean, the article is like, I don't know, like 7,000 words, maybe 8,000. But it feels like he has like a Bible. uh, I don't know. Sorry. An actual crow has a Bible that is like, you know, the length of a novel to describe all the details of the setting. Uh, And then he just, they just use that as like peppering in details. It's so good. I don't know why, but I was getting very big, like black mirror-ish vibes. Like not in the like very bleak horror black mirror. Totally. For some reason it felt like, a Black Mirror episode. Well, right? it's kind of a near future setting, uh, mm-hmm. and it's dealing with a fairly big uh, sea change in the way that society works, but it's also doing it in a very grounded, understandable Probably. way, which is what Black Mirror does really well, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah there's a really... Also only, it's only like 4,000 words. Oh, sorry. Okay. Just so, we don't, just so we don't slander it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's it, My point was that it was short, but it feels like, like you said, this bigger part of this world yeah. that maybe will never get touched again, and maybe, you know, an actual crow has like 50 other stories to tell. But um, the thing I really liked about it was, like Plague was just saying, is that there's, like, it's a really good character study. And, and as we watch him, uh, DeSante, get, you know, more and more comfortable, we can actually see it happen. Because we get to see, like, the first attempts at him doing PR at, all the way to, like, when he feels more comfortable. Um, and there's a real arc to it. And I just wanted to... There's a part of it where instead of making... You know, let's tell this entire conversation. There's this really 
fairly brilliant idea that it's just these one to two sentence segments of things that DeSanti is saying in response to questions. Oh, yeah. Yes. This part's fucking brilliant. I can't even deal with how funny this is. And not even funny because there's funny bits in it, but like it just does such a great job of showing off first how uncomfortable this person is and then by the end how he kind of feels like he knows how to you know not manipulate but like to to handle an audience yeah um but there are really funny parts in it and i just thought i would read a couple of them um one and these are all like responses to either people asking a question or something else um no fish don't have a god if they did i wouldn't know about it (laughs) yes i've done research but i'm also on the pr team that stands for public ri- No, sir, we don't make propaganda films. <laughs> <laughs> what? We don't eat babies? Where'd you even get that idea? <laughs> There's, geez, I want to hear the rest of that conversation so bad. <laughs> uh, I, that's a very personal question. It's just so like there's and there's other ones. Uh, there's a running joke where like I like the running keep, joke. The people keep asking about pair watch, and he's like, I don't, I don't know. And then like he's asking his coworker, "What's pair? I don't know." Because this the, is like 2080 or something. I love the inversion of that because on pair watch articles, you'll see them vaguely getting the yes. sense that there might be a foundation out there, and they're trying to what is the found? Fa- what are these people who are working against us to keep the truth suppressed? And then this is from the foundation's point of view. And this guy who works there has no idea what para watch is. It's some weird other thing. He doesn't know. Oh my God. It's so, and it's, uh, no, I don't know anything about para watch. <laughs> I'm in a discussion between him and his superior. Do you know what para watch is? Huh? Uh, feels like every other person wants to know about para watch. I've never even heard of it. <laughs> it's really good. I had worked with um, Crow and Dune, whose article is going to come up later in the show on 6K, and it's really fun to see how we Mm -hmm. guys, all of us, kind of worked together to build this massive, very bleak, dark article, (laughs) and then we came out. uh, Well, Dune's Dune's and Dune's is still bleak. um, His article is still bleak, but like Crow and I, we just kind of branched out and went back to a bit of our roots and did these crazy comedy pieces, and it's a lot of fun to just see how those we've developed over here because. Crow, Crow had a great 2021 posting, and then he kind of took a break, and then now he comes back with this, and it is so good. Same level of quality and even better. Yeah, I really do like this one, and the pictures in it are great, too. I don't think the we pictures mentioned, are mentioned the pictures. so well done, especially the final picture is, is absolutely The final picture is incredible. Flawless. I, saw, um, I don't even know. I notes. saw a few like different versions of it, and he, he was working on that for like a day or two. Yeah, I was seeing these these pictures all throughout the writing period. I remember seeing them coming up going, what the hell is that? <laughs> I oh, am so impressed with some of the technical aspects to that last picture. Like, that are very, very subtle. Yeah, the reflection is oh, really oh, well done. And I hate, and now I'm looking at it, now I realize how he did it. But still, I'm very impressed with it. Yes. Okay. Hey there, fans of Simply Creative People. We're mostly unsponsored. So far, so I figured I would take the time to mention that you can support the show on the show page at anchor.fm slash simplycreativepeople, or if you're so inclined, you can check out Harry or my Ko-Fi pages at ko-fi.com slash harryblink or slash Carpen author. Things are crazy tough out there, so if you can't afford any financial support, and trust me, we understand, do us a favor and mention the podcast to someone who might enjoy it, or spread the word online. If we want to bridge the gap between fans and creators, we've got to get the word out to new fans. In many ways, this show is designed to be appealing to new and old fans of SCP alike, as we can all enjoy some discussion about this thing we love, and we can all learn something new. 
Heaven knows I learn something new every week. Thanks so much, and we love you just for listening. Thanks for the support through all these first few months of the podcast. You're the best. Uh, well, let's move on a little bit uh, to yeah. one that uh, plague you picked out, which is <laughs> 13 Indeed, uh, SCP-7013. Oh, yes. And okay, that's so by Jack Waltz and Fishish. Yes. Yeah, this you. one's a very short article. Maybe <laughs> I don't it? even think it's a thousand words. No, probably not. Sure. And so it's basically a probabilistic anomaly that is affecting the Overseer's Council to carry out its functions and doing it well, and it's affected by um, Overseer 13. And so you're led into that, just the description that basically explains what's been going on and how they've kind of come to find this. And you're just placed right into this meeting log that immediately just goes into these somewhat wacky Overseer characters as they're interacting with each other, trying to figure out how to solve it. And then it ends in the most abrupt way possible. (laughs) <laughs> that is a very obvious punchline, but it's so funny. And it, it, that's just it. It just leaves you with that, and you're just like, okay, I'll take that. I talk about talk about left turns. I yeah. know. Oh, this guy's a probabilistic anomaly. He's a real problem of five thirteen. I wonder how this is gonna play out. And then it, it, it kind of doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> they deal with it in the like. If it didn't work, if it didn't work for the joke so well, I would be like, "Well, that was cheap." But it works for the joke so fucking well that you're just like, eh, "All right, pretty good. Yep, pretty fucking good." Yep. Uh, the Fishes last line, really good. Fishes is yeah. great. Yeah, I don't think I've actually read anything by Jack Waltz, but Fishes Jack Waltz and him do really good collabs with each other. They have a few uh, good ones. Yeah, uh, I kind of think we shouldn't even say much more. Oh, I do want to go back and say that Eel Days Too easy is to spoil. Uh, Eel Days is only at eighty nine, which I think is a fucking crime. Oh yeah, this one's That's at one hundred and twenty, which feels better. Uh, but all of these that we're talking about today, it's real sad that some of them aren't over a hundred because they're terrific. Eel Days is one of the takeaway articles from the entire contest. Mm-hmm. It's one of like the main articles of the contest. It's I, I so fu- yeah, good. I think. I, you know, no offense to either of you. I think it's my favorite one. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I think it should be in the top 10. And it's I, incredible. I don't necessarily mean like I would pick one in the top 10 to get yeah, out for yeah. it, but I mean it should have been in the top 10. It absolutely should have been. Yeah, it's such a just warm, uh, interesting character piece, and there's just not enough slice of life stuff, especially not in the contest. Uh, and it's just ugh, so good. Anyway. 13 indeed should not be in the top 10, but it's hilarious. <laughs> sure. uh, it's really good, yeah. It's not this in the top written, 10. I'm pretty sure in like a night by those. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Fish has told me that, that he wasn't going to participate. That's right. Yeah. Fish well, has I mean, told me that they literally didn't start writing it until like the afternoon or, or the morning of the day before posting ended. It's, it's written as part of the CAC not called a canon for no reason, but really is a canon canon. And uh, CAC is just where you put all the complete fucking shitpost nonsense stuff. Um, so it's it's a CAC entry in, in 7Con, which is just incredible. <laughs> a lot of fun. There seem to be a few people who decided to troll the contest. There's Gregorian Vivarium, there's Fish and Jack Waltz, and then of course I there's Calibold. Uh, <laughs> I wrote a serious article. Yes, yes, a serious article for serious people. That's right. Our bold is actually the winner of the seven thousand. Oh my god! You know, I know it got real controversial and people like fucking angry about it on Twitter, on Reddit and stuff. But Reddit, I fuck, yeah. I think that your honor, fucking League of Legends is fucking hilarious. 
it think wasn't fact... my cup of tea exactly, but I very much appreciate the escapades of Calibold to a point where I very the idea I thought, thought was whatever he told me about the idea and I went um I don't mean to be rude but I don't think that's gonna work but I just like that he did something that GW talked about here when he was on where it's just like let me take this idea and then take it to the most logical extreme like there are moments in your honor League of Legends that's just like this is fucking ridiculous what's happening on the page right now I think the metagame that he played with it is is better even than the article because I, the the fact that he was just you mad broing it the whole time with just a big <laughs> grin on his face was just the funniest thing. You just like they were mad bro, and he was just I don't give a shit. He was just it wasn't rude about it or nasty. He was totally upbeat. He was like, look at this, I'm winning the contest. I got the biggest article. Everybody loves it. Uh, sweet. This is Calibold and Sheriff, by the way. His co-author always gets yes. bored when it's mentioned. Yes. Um, Gotta gotta give credit for the most hated article in the contest where it's <laughs> didn't it like two plus three hundred minus two hundred something like that. Yes, it's, yeah. its ratio is insane. But this <laughs> is the thing is it ran it ran interference for like everybody. It was it was well, getting all the anger that would have gone to other articles article too. It was the it first, was the first article one. The <laughs> and it was getting all the shit that we would have gotten otherwise. So I no. mean, thank you for your service. Yeah, it's hard to compare something like Harry's or something like mine's where you put humor into what's supposed to be a quote-unquote serious contest when you have your or me. League of Legends a few spots under yeah. and yours, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you have your Honor League of Legends kind of like magnetizing all of that away from you, it's like okay, I this think is funny. I but think that, as crazy as that one. I think if Calibold hadn't done it, I think that I would have gotten more hate on mine. Yeah, I, I think oh, yeah. I think he, he scooped a bit of that on you. For yeah, sure. I mean, I'm glad that I didn't get a lot of hate, but like I was kind of expecting it. Grigori uh, was, was kind of hoping to get angry. He was hoping to get a little bit indignant. But it, I, I wanted to make a splash, and I mean, you know, being the top ten, it, it is still a splash. But like, I was kind of surprised that like the vast majority of people were were positive, and I'm like, wow, this is really kind <laughs> of like. I mean, I would look at this and go like, this was your cake on entry? <laughs> Grigori standing in a corner with his arms crossed, furious look on his face. <laughs> like, everybody likes it. <laughs> it was, I was so prepared for it to be like controversial. And it just wasn't, you know, it was pretty funny. To, um, I know talking to Harry throughout the contest, we were both like, all right, when's offsite going to get pissed at your entry? Oh, God. And, and it never happened. I was I, waiting I, to get pissed. People would be yeah. so mad that I was winning. I and think just I think it was only happened. this week you got your first like negative comment. And I, I don't plus even six hundred. It's a plus six hundred and something. I don't. Jesus. 13, 13 discussion pages, which is to say, a hundred and thirty comments passed before I got a negative comment. <laughs> I don't know. Was... It was Cal. Really? It was all Cal. It was Cal running interference. He got all the negatives. Someone has to do it every con. Yep, Rounder but, took it last time and he won the. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, he, but he I took it and benefited from it at the same time. So. To to point out though the spread, uh, how it drops precipitously. Like I just hit two hundred on seven thousand seven. Um, like th there was a lot of people that like it just dropped. That's why some of these are like. Yeah, you know, under so it's just like it's kind of sad. And, you know, even if well, it's not in the contest, I, I hope that people kind of take a look at some of the articles they missed during which is the point of this episode it's not a totally unique thing either though because if you look at the, what you see here is five con if offsite hadn't noticed five con that's what we got pretty much yeah because five con like five thousand 
swept 5,999 by about the same ratio that I beat Yossi's Heptophobia. The only difference is Tanhoni got like 200 more votes than I did. It was right. It was, it was I think massive. Two hundred ninety something. Yeah, it was. It was at like five hundred ninety something when it won. Yeah, um, five thousand won by an immense amount, but like scaled down for the attention that we got in this contest because the the rest of the community didn't notice the contest happened. Uh, it's it's basically the same as the five con results. Well, it's because yours was so long they were exhausted. You did fine. It's thrown, fine. We got, that, we got that bullshit thrown at us last time in contest. Just distracting from everybody else's entries. God, at least no one said that you were cheating. Like someone who will not be named who left a fucking comment on 6500 about how we were cheating by making by something so long. Article. Stupid. Anyway. Oh, good times. We're, what are we talking about articles? Well, yeah, we're switching up now. So we're going to talk about uh, the article by Stormbreath and Lieutenant Flops, who are two of my favorite authors, honestly. Uh, SCP-710, We Will Endure, which is your pick, Harry. So set this one up. Yeah. So this article is something I'm surprised to see wasn't already an article, and I'm kind of amazed. Um, this is about the War on All Fronts canon, which is the SCP Foundation fights Kaiju canon, which everybody enjoys because it's fantastic and fun. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it's the origin story <laughs> article of the canon in a sense because one of the triggering events that makes this canon special is a giant Kaiju called the Croco Squid pops up out of the fucking sea and annihilates the Fey Island, uh, the Fairy Island, rather, of uh, two different things in SCP. <laughs> the yeah. Fairy Island of High Brazil, um, and just fucking wipes it out and and kills the king, and the king becomes the, his son becomes a king, and blah, blah 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 blah, just destroys this this ancient kingdom, and that's the precipitating moment for the war on all fronts against these kaiju uh, critters, specifically the Croco Squid, to be launched, and this is the SCP of how high brazil fell to the crocus squid and the premise is that high brazil is protected this, this, this secret island is protected by wards that prevent bad luck from accruing within the boundaries of the kingdom the island um, they're luck wards that ensure the safety and security of the island and the premise of this article is they're failing we're pretty sure mm -hmm. but the people who live in this island are so last days of Krypton that they can't see it, and anyone who can see it gets shouted down because they've come completely complacent with the safety of their lovely little island. Wow, it is just Krypton, world. isn't it? Not okay. just, yeah, but it, it, is. It, it is Krypton. Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally a Krypton sort mm -hmm. of thing. They're like, no, that can't be happening mm -hmm. because it's never happened before. Um, the wards will stay forever. We'll None of the forever. Space Marines will ever turn against the Emperor. Exactly. <laughs> It'll all be fine. Just leave it. It'll be fine. Um, and meanwhile, bad luck is just piling up on the mm -hmm. edges of the island. And they're like, actually, this is visibly all going to shit. Uh, and they can't convince the people um, in charge, specifically the king. They can't convince the king or the uh, majority of his court that something's going on here. And so it's it's a series of logs, because the foundation is there observing this. Um, in the person of one character who's the POV character who isn't from the island they're they're watching the conversations and you just get this increasing sense of dread where you're if you know anything about the can you already know what it's leading yeah. up to it's not a it's not like the, the conclusion is foreordained you know what's going to happen the question yeah. is how does it happen why does it happen 
and this article is sort of like a long, slow burn of like, oh, come on, guys. I know you're not going to like fucking smarten up, but smarten up, smarten up. And then there's the moment where Smaug comes down from the Lonely Mountain at the end, which is how I describe it in my comment, because that's what it feels like. The whole Uh thing is leading up for, oh, shit, the big awful thing shows up. And then the big awful thing shows up and does not disappoint. Um, And it's, it's a really fun and really like depressing but interestingly depressing um play essentially of these characters making these terrible decisions and you're just sitting there shaking your head going guys there's a big fucking crocodile squid monster coming could you get your shit together the what i really liked was opson storm to really go with this but what oh, yeah. um what feels like more of a storm breath element is how it kind of bounces between these journal logs into the uh, recorded conversations and meetings between people and I really like how Stormbreath does that and and flops as well but I what I'm reminded of is Stormbreath's recent um, serial killer article where you have the very clinical description of what's going on and then interspersed between is these testimonies from the lead detective on the murders it's kind of like there's two separate build-ups to the same thing where we're getting a more personal aspect and then a very clinical aspect of what's going on to really build the atmosphere on top of the actual story going on until you get to that really like that conclusion that just punches you in the face right that's going back to what we were talking about with the creative corner was the bouncing between two elements and using that to uh help your pacing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah this one's great i mean i like uh, pretty much everything I've read from either of these authors, and yep. pretty much everything that's in this canon. Um, and yep. this is just another good example. Um, Contests are always a time for war on all fronts to shine. <laughs> yeah, they got a well, whole like, extra storyline out of um, the canon renaissance contest. Oh god, that one's. You guys know I was supposed to be. On, well, I applied to be on that team when I first started out. Aw, who beat it, you? What, which one? Which one of them beat you? <laughs> oh. Because Storm, uh, Storm gotcha. didn't like my uh, the one article about the snake in Italy. That is admittedly awful. But uh, he well, must have read that. Poems like, of the Battle sucks. Yeah. yeah. Which Dune refers to as Poems of the Ballsack to edge at me. I don't know why. That, I like that title. It's stuck in my head. It's been in my head this whole time. As you can tell. I like I, it I too. I, I'm planning on rewriting it for when oh. I get my next 10. Between the 75 90s. All right, here it comes, folks. Poems of the Good Lisk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on to yeah. SCP 7320 Serendipity by Radiger. Um, oh, this was fun. I crit this one. This, this is one good. of the ones I crit. Me too. I love this article so Me too. much. Um, it was really good. Radiger is the unsung hero of the SCP wiki, in my opinion. Absolutely. Although this article did get up to, I don't remember what it was by the end of the contest, but right now it's 165. But I hon- honestly think it should be much higher because the she does these incredible... They're not just comedy articles, but they always have comedy attached to them. Um, and they all kind of, she has such a variety of tones as well. Like there's a lot of setup to this where, uh, okay, so let's just, I'll just explain what it is. So items that are affected by this SCP 7,000 gain the ability to measurably impact events. Also, this is a note to everybody who's, um, 
had their articles uh, moved to different slots, go in and maybe change the SCP-7000s, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. While, while you talk, I'm going to fix this. Uh, but oh, yeah, nice. Because staff moved the articles this year and didn't correct the numbers. Yeah, so but I, I corrected mine. To do this. They, they corrected some of them. Well, I'm just saying I, I, uh, I corrected mine. So, yeah, you know. I don't let him do mine. Uh, Radiger's got right. a life. The rest of us don't. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, I'm going to correct it while we talk. This is this is well. This is not the only one. There's a, there's a few of these articles we're talking about. This is not to bash on Radiger. Radiger's article is fantastic. I'm um, not going to fix the rest of them. I'm just fixing this because <laughs> I like Radiger. Good. Uh, SCP uh, items affected by SCP gain the ability to measurably impact events experienced by the user, typically altering events in the user's favor. There are two subsections. Uh, the dash ones are effectively luck charms, and the dash twos are anti-luck charms. Um, a factor believed to be the source of the dash two object's potency uh, is they are all catalog instances uh, of foundational, like communal objects engaged with, with by multiple people. And so, like the more attention that uh, is given to them, is more likely to turn them into these dash twos. Um, okay. The article takes a very short kind of brief way to highlight a couple of examples of people that the items are connected with and individual items goes into a little more detail about a couple of the items uh, and then ends with just <laughs> the funniest O5 conversation I think I've ever read. Um, it's ridiculous and hilarious. Um, I, you know, this is the second one because we just did what 13 indeed also ended with the hilarious O5 uh, interaction. Those are fives, um, man. They're always funny in the contests. I know, I know. Only it, is, in the it is nice when we kind of go away from the overly serious O5 conversations. Um, she did this wonderful thing where each one of the O5's uh, conversations is a different font and sometimes dramatically different font and different color. And so it's really easy to follow this conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah I ran into that issue when I was writing my, um, my entry. I found it very difficult, and that was probably the I main bet. critique I got from people I went to when I was drafting and as I posted that it's very, very hard to differentiate out all the overseers. And I was even balancing maybe four or five of them I focused on. Mm -hmm. That is still very hard to do to write yes. these five characters that are very like ambiguous within the quote-unquote canon of the wiki, where you have to right. basically come up with these characters unless you're following something that you've already established or someone else established. Yeah, that's what I did in The Loser, is I followed Placeholder's personal sure. schema for what each one is focused on. So every line of dialogue that was going to be on a specific topic, I gave to the one who would have that line of dialogue. But even then, I, I used all 13 of them. And yeah, uh, that's, it's kind of hard to tell the difference. Honestly, honest anytime we're doing one of these logs where the conversation is beyond like three people... It's kind of hard. Like, yeah. I ran into this problem at the end of 6500, where none of them were O5s, and they're all established characters, but there were still 15 people in that room. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, and it's you really got to keep it in your head. Perspective. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. 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 you're like, of course these people are going to interject from time to time, but how do I make that feel natural? How do I differentiate yeah. the characters? And, like, this is a very smart way of doing it. By Not only, like, different colors is a pretty, um, no, not cliche, that's what I'm looking for, like, common thing you'll see for overseers but like the different fonts really helped too it did and as, as and harry it, was mentioning with like focusing on um like a different overseers thing when i wrote mine i had think i had the fourth overseer focusing on like the mobile task forces yeah one of them focusing on reza 
and so on and so forth. But still then, it's very, very difficult because you need to get those speech patterns down and you might hear it in your head a certain way. Having that written down on paper and then also expecting readers to pick up, pick up on that too is very hard. So I think the fonts here and the color here really help with that too. It does. Yeah. And there's also a very clear um, sense of voice with each of them because some of them are like really no nonsense and some of them are like just fucking like absurd like yep. some of them are no nonsense one of them introduces the running joke that makes the article yeah <laughs> she had been talking about this running joke in a vague way on twitter and in messages i have with her for like a month leading up to it and i'm like what the fuck is that thing you keep mentioning and then i looked it up and went why are you talking about this thing i don't want to give it away uh and now it's just like oh okay uh it also it's funny as hell it's funny as hell and i you know no offense to all of harry's many articles that end on one-liners i think this is one of the best one-liner endings i've read it has a great ending it's it's a great tight funny article it's only two thousand words long and like i said i created this which is to say i told her it was great and gave her maybe one or two grammars corrections because there was nothing wrong with this as far as i was concerned it was perfect um and in return she read my article that's eight times longer (laughs) so that that is an absolute fucking trooper right there i think what also helps with this article like really work is that it's such a and not in an insulting way a simple idea Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty sure from i I didn't read as much as maybe harry did or other people did you gregory but I've read maybe 20 articles. This is the only one that focuses on, like, good luck charms. It's such a simple idea, and it's so obvious. It's done in such a perfect way. Like, the foundation has these, like, little good luck charms, and it's not like these massive things that affect them wildly. They affect maybe one person or a small group of people. You see the ways they affect them in good ways, and then the funny ways that the bad luck charms affect them in bad ways. Yeah. It's so it's done in a very straightforward way. You get the humor, you get the lightheartedness, and then ending on that overseer lock is just like a linchpin that seals it all together. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. Uh I will say that I think Grimsley Touch is is yeah, also talking his, his about coin is a good luck charm. Yeah. And and the other character also has one of those like luck charms. But um yeah. Dr. Weddle has one too, but he like loses it in the hair basically <laughs> right at the beginning of the article. <laughs> So I didn't want to copy up his entire story. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think this is the third time I'm saying, please, I'm begging you. If you like this podcast, if you like anything that I or Harry has written, please go check out Radiker's articles and mm-hmm. podcasts. Yep. She has a new project out there. YouTube videos. YouTube videos. Uh, She's got the best comedic timing in videos that I've ever seen. She's so anybody. fucking funny. So funny. Not just so funny for SCP. No, just in general. Just funny. Just legitimately funny. Someday we will be like knew her. <laughs> um, okay, so we are going to like move. Who? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we are going to move on to SCP seven zero seven zero. Amantharine. Do you know how to pronounce this, Plague? Amaranthine. Amaranthine by J Dune and Disadron. It means purplish magenta. <laughs> okay, it's a cool big word, pretty much. <laughs> Surprisingly, has been used before. Like, you want to know something nuts? The word cartoon had never been used in an SCP title <laughs> until um, Rat King cartoon did box. Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network. Yeah. Amaranthine had been used at least once before this. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. I also think it's really funny that Amaranthine is, is it's Dune, but it's also Disadron. This is Disadron's article. So the sixth con one was red. 
So we yeah. went from red to purple. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and there's a similar-ish uh, image. Mm-hmm. Isn't there? Yeah, the orb in the sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's different, but uh, I like how this one starts with that and and his 6K uh, ended with it. They're not similar image, but I just mean like... Yeah. I wonder if it's the same artist, too. Um, I don't remember. Uh, but Steph. Oh, no, Steph um, this time. Okay. This one, did, this one, the art was done by Steph, and the other one was uh, Devia, who also did uh, the Demon Hector's images mm. around their houses. Yes. Right. Yeah. Images. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, the images in this article in general are fucking terrific. There aren't a lot of them, but uh, when they come up, they could, and it has a great sense of style in general. Um, I really like the Oracle parts. They really yeah. feel like a nice break. But yeah, why don't you set this yeah. up, like? So I was actually involved in the original collaboration of this that I pulled away. Cheater. Because I just didn't feel... Disqualified. I'm actually ninth place. Disqualified. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I didn't have, like, the idea. I didn't feel meshed with me well, but they really pulled it off. But yeah, I'll go through the original idea. We were, me and Dune were, we had somewhat of a little promise that we would work together. But, you know, it didn't go through. But sorry. Uh, We were really scrambling for ideas. Like, we did not know what to do. Because we had heard hints of, like, the three options the theme was going to be. from like, staff or, like, little hints, but that were dropped. And so, like, we were like, what the, what the hell can we write for luck? We heard it could be fantasy. We could have, uh, and then there was one other I can't remember. But, like, what could we write for luck? So our original idea was um, so, somewhat of, like, a article where this interdimensional monster keeps eating universes. That was and cool. then, and then... You follow kind of the foundation as these fail-safes in these universes send the documentation over to the next universes, and the monster keeps, like, going, and you see the foundation slowly trying to figure out how to kill this thing. It didn't come to fruition because we couldn't pull it off in the way we wanted to, but it was a cool idea. And then we're talking to Rounder, and he he was talking about Skip now. We're like, that's a pretty solid, like, uncovered ground for somewhat of a lore entry. Yeah. And so it became this much wider thing where the foundation is sort of overtaken in a Skynet way of Skipnet. And that's what this article is about, where foundation sort of creates Skipnet to categorize all their articles, which it already does. But then it all slowly starts corrupting pre-existing articles and then overloading the database with fake SCP articles as the world slowly descends around them as they can't contain it the veil collapses and then anomalies escape because they're running out of space for all these things that are being created i think it's really cool uh, that this is like the big apocalypse one of the first Mm -hmm. bunch that i read because there are several big apocalypse ones um this one has just it opens does a cold open in this ruined world that is immensely evocative it's a really spooky screwed up world and to see how we got there is really good i also love how many scary apocalypse was we got from the theme of luck like everybody saw luck and went all right dark mode we're gonna have a really dark background and this is gonna be an article about the end of the world <laughs> but this one is i think one of my favorites of those it's so screwed up and weird and spooky and it's mm. a big world building piece it's got some fantastic use of the format there's a part of it where it's the part that stuck out for me the most 
we kind of get an insight to how civilians are living and they like specify how there's a group of like uh people who are surviving solely off the excretion no, of no. cp-173 that's I'm like lovely. oh my god this, this place sucks i don't well, want to be here also you recommended an article that has cannibalism implied twice and i'm annoyed <laughs> <laughs> i got over you it, are but... annoyed yeah uh, fucking annoyed uh this is I, I can't stress enough how interesting visually it is. Like, the mm. end of the first, not the first offset, but the first offset you go to, the first media article, oh, yeah, yeah, so is cool. so fucking... Mm. I, I actually don't know how they did it, and it's incredible. Um, it took the, I tried to figure it out for them. They were having trouble, and then it took, like, three people. Um, <laughs> it went through, like, three people. It went through me, then Rounder, and then uh, Stormbreath, who finally solved it, to figure out how to do what they did. And it, it looks great. It looks incredible. Like I the, just the very very end uh, of it is just just before the fun little note that lets you get to the next iteration is fucking spooky as shit, uh, and that's the part that's so easy. Good. The part that's above it is difficult. Yeah, the fading the end ending where color, yeah. where the phrase appears, um, the cliched phrase you should not be able to make cool at this point, and they still made cool. And this is the second time Desidron has done it yeah. because the because six K was does the red moon. Yes, what yeah. fuck so good. <laughs> All how dare moons, you man, it's amazing you can even hear for all the moons how uh i, I do want to ask them if they are fans of um what's that fucking fake tv <laughs> channel it's on youtube oh, uh, yes, uh local 50 local 58 it's the chris straub uh, thing because there is a whole sub like plot to the, about the moon in that uh mm. not that this is i'm not trying to imply uh, yeah, i just yeah, yeah, mean yeah. um like it, it gave me the sim- similar kind of yeah, vibes. Sure. Only it goes beyond that because it actually like explores like what the world would be like after it goes to shit. And I think it's really funny because the first part of it kind of implies from Oracle, which is this uh, AI that's kind of helping the the O five, who's who's sort of the protagonist of this, um, navigate these files. Uh, implies I think says uh, let's see how does she phrase. It? Oracle says, uh, I do to inform you the file, you are about to read a file predating the Black Moon incident. As such, information contained within may be inaccurate. Philosophies and behavior predating the howling may be seen as immoral today. <laughs> and what I thought that was going to imply is now we're in a, a foundation that is more, not wholesome, but like it looks back at its past in a negative way, in the past of its actions in a negative way. Um, but in the future, where the foundation is trying to fix, you know, human society, and and two thousand is not an option. Um, I don't know if they are. <laughs> they, no, they're th- doing horrible shit. I, I I feel like that that note actually it's meant to make you think that's yes, what it is, and then yeah. when you read it, you're actually like, oh, this is like people living in a wasteland, looking at a story about people showering and water. Right. That's immoral. You're yes. wasting all that water. It's that's such, what it is. <laughs> such a brilliant fucking fake out. Uh, it's so good. It's great. The best part is that, like, I feel like I know what, even though there's just the one image, um, from the descriptions and from the dialogue, I feel like I can imagine what the world looks like with this. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It sounds like, oh, God. Mm. Yeah, Dune, Dune sent me the opening, like, introduction. Oh, yeah. And I read that. I'm like, yeah, I can picture this. This is good. I, I'm going to admit that my first inclination seeing it and being like, you're opening with dialogue? Really? Uh, yeah. Like, I was like, Ugh. And then, like, I just got into it because it's so fucking well written. 
Yep. Uh, and it does such a good job of setting uh, tone and everything else. It's, it's awesome. And that's two from Distron. Now they, now Distron needs to do something that's like really green or blue. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, pick a calming color for Christ's sake. Distron is so fucking special. Uh, SCP-8000 Viridian. You know, I just <laughs> Distron comes up with these ideas that on their face are just like, eh. Like, the, the fucking, the serial killer ones, if you just boil them down to the two sentence things, you'll be like, really? That's a compelling story? No, read it. It does something completely different the and unique. One too, the oh yeah, yeah, both of them. Both of them are, and this this is he did it twice. Cliche idea, cliche uh, idea, and then made it unique twice. This drone's execution is always just. It's incredible. I just, I, I think this drone maybe is like a genius. And also <laughs> comes up with fantastic ideas for other people and just throws them out there as well. Right, right. Just, just an all around cool a, person. Yep. I think there's also a testament to Dune's writing as well. Oh yeah, of course. Absolutely. Is Dune is Dune is like somewhat rightfully and also somewhat wrongfully known for being the funny guy along with me he he has a very good way of pivoting towards a very somber sad yep. bleak tone that that shines in um 6003 beacon shines here shines in his one more meta article he wrote death earlier. of the author to the author yeah earlier. i was when i was just really, just getting ready to look that up yeah really really good at switching to that tone and doing it in a way that you really wouldn't expect from an author who's more known to be writing a light-hearted comedy uh, in that genre on the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, Dune Dune is uh, <coughs> perennially underrated by Dune. Dune is uh, constantly yeah. talking about, I don't feel like I did a good job on this, and I feel... Uh, Death of the Creator, that's what it is, SCP-5466, that's, that's the one. Um, just constantly like i don't know if i got to where i was trying to get with that or whatever it's like you're fucking phenomenal shut up man you're so good at this <laughs> he really is uh you know i think that's something to some extent most creative go through I, I i sympathize a lot with the thought process of like until you or somebody else reads it and tells me no no this works uh it's why i <laughs> habitually like send you little segments i'm like is this stupid <laughs> am i fucking up my own ass or is this work um you know, it's it's hard to. It, it, the other option is to like be so sure of yourself that nothing y- you do could ever do wrong, and we've seen how that works on the wiki. Yeah, that doesn't work out so well. Anyway, uh, this is great, and uh, even though it is one of those kind of pretty long articles, uh, it's really, really quite brilliant. The pacing is really done in an interesting way because it changes tone dramatically halfway through, and, and in a way that feels p- perfectly natural. Um, and uh, it sets up a really compelling weird thing that we'll probably never see again but uh, I would be interested in seeing other stuff in this setting oh yeah alright so Harry you uh, recommended SCP-7776 the Unwell by Dr. Balthazar by Dr. Balthazar we're we're now moving into the metaphysician couplet of the ending of the of the section here yes the Unwell by Dr. Balthazar. Balth wrote uh, The Rainbow Serpent in the last uh, contest, which was also one of my favorites. A nice, extremely long and detailed story of a kaiju just furiously annihilating the world, which I think was my pick for our cake on um, yes. 6,000. It was. Articles. And here I, ha- here I am picking Balth again. Um, <laughs> this is one of the longer articles in the contest. It's a very long and detailed and complex story about how much it sucks to work at Site 93. Uh, Site 93 is located near a village which has a well, and the well has something in it. 
and the, the something in the well, according to the people who live around the well, is a portal to an alternate dimension or a space between spaces that has some really horrible thing living in it that wants to come out. But every once in a while, they are periodically given rituals in their dreams that will propitiate whatever the thing is and keep it in its hole and keep it from coming out. And they are always extraordinarily unpleasant rituals that they don't want to do that result in, in mutilation and harm and all kinds of horrible stuff. And they're are, are borderline sadistic or beyond the border, well beyond the border of sadistic. Um, but they have to keep doing it to keep the thing in there. But that's the way it is set up now. The site is set up there, it's hived off from the rest of the foundation, and um, anybody who's there is stuck there, and they work always to keep this anomaly um, contained. But we also see access to the original versions of the containment procedures, which are... We don't know what this fucking thing is, but the locals think there's a well full of weird shit. Make sure you stop all these rituals, because these rituals are obviously bullshit. And that gets changed to... No, these rituals aren't bullshit. Absolutely, they're not bullshit. Absolutely keep doing the rituals. <laughs> and reading the article, we find out why. Because, I mean, spoiler alert, there is a horrible thing in the well that's oh, trying yeah. to get out. And it is so horrible because that's the beauty of this article. It's a very, very slow burn detailing how much it sucks to be on this island. How much horrible shit happens to these people. An absolute litany of the ridiculously unpleasant things that happened to everybody here. I'll just read just one tiny one. Agent James Gilmore reported that the water in his canteen had been converted to blood. Testing showed that the blood belonged to Agent Gilmore. This is the shit you deal with just working next to this fucking well. Completely horrible, random crap happening all of the time, much of it body horror related. And then we eventually find out why they're doing all this in an extended log where we see what happened when the Foundation didn't contain the anomaly by not doing the rituals. And what happened was extraordinarily ridiculous, horrible cosmic horror on a massive scale. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, it's very metaphysician in my opinion, as is the next article we're going to look at. It's, it's cosmic horror and it's very well done. It's a pretty, like a consistent theme of Balthazar's, especially his uh, KCON entries throughout, because he did 5K, 6K and 7K, and all of them kind of focus around foundation trying to contain something that a should not exist and b will fuck their shit up if they do not contain it right yeah especially um what was his 5k was the beast of something or the beast of something i, of I something. could be wrong sorry uh let's sorry. see what was boss uh uh bass, bass straight bass straight I really like that one. That's five thousand seven. Yeah, it's really, really. It's a really good article, and that it has a very well. They all have very similar vibes. That one feels like feels very similar to that because it ends in a similar way where this thing comes out and just ruins everything, and the foundation is like, okay, we're not gonna try and contain contain this. We're just gonna do our best to make sure it does not get out again. Right. Yeah, every time he, every time there's a cake on ball, it actually comes out with something that is just giant and epic. Um, he's very, very consistent in that respect. Mm -hmm. This one also has a good use of tables I really like. Where it's oh. just like detailing the awful things going on to this, these people. 
And just what, like, what's what this anomaly is ruining? Like, you go transfiguration, wildlife, psychological, wildlife, psychological, <laughs> psychological. It's just like, oh my god, these people and these animals, the trees are being tortured. Yep, it's it's a nightmare job, and and I I, I think the way he piles on that just awful mess of all the shit that happens because there are people here the shit that happens to these people all of the time just mm. leads up to the question of like why are they putting up with this and the answer <laughs> is because if they don't put up with it it's a lot worse which is how it earns that conclusion yeah absolutely it's a great piece of horror it's a it's a good slow burning piece of deep unpleasantness and uh, it's, it's one of the articles that I hear people very frequently saying, like, why is this not higher in the contest rankings? I've seen a lot of people in SCPD just like, read the unwell, come on. And it, it does require a bit of your time to read. It's one of the longer ones, but it's also really evocative. Yeah, but it's not, like, so long that, I mean, like, I read it. No, it was, like, it's not the longest. Like, 20, 20, 30 minutes. You know, probably uh, shorter than it's probably shorter than mine. Watched probably shorter than <laughs> <laughs> um, most of them. <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's it's really something special. Honestly, it, it, it the thing that I like about it the most is that it feels like a modern article, but it looks like a fairly mm. older article in a good way. Um, yeah. and some really yeah, really fun images. Sure. Some really fun. This images. was a weird article for me to read. Not in like that the writing was weird, just like. I was reading through this, and it was like, this is exactly what I wanted to do with Beacon. And it's just like, it is like pull Beacon. that off as well. I know it, I, I need to do an incredible rag on Beacon, and we always get told, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's good. We don't like that one, but this was Nobody like, says, exactly. shut the fuck up, man. I fucking love that article. People love it. I don't like it too much. <laughs> too I, bad. We're planning, we're planning <laughs> to, like, not fully rewrite it, but just go through and get rid of some more of the problem, like problem areas but this is exactly what i wanted to do just have a group of people be kind of like tortured trying to contain something they don't fully understand until finally you get to see what's inside of it god i really can't think of a single fucking part of beacon i would think you should cut like what what the fuck are you talking about cutting it's just more like oh it's very melodramatic (laughs) <laughs> dialogue like go oh i see i see i see what you're saying yeah. uh, go you know that addendum with um where one of the characters i think what i think her first name is rosa wants to leave read that read that art read that log and tell me that it's not melodrama i don't think it's melodrama to a fault but i can see what you're saying if you want to ground mm-hmm. the dialogue there's nothing wrong with that just uh just stop bashing it i really like it yeah <laughs> there's something funny about that beacon realized yes. there was a very major plot hole in it only until i listened to the exploring series video on it what was the plot because um there are apparently if you know the story beats there is a set of boxes stone yeah. boxes that the foundation looks into and it kind of like reveals what happened to the group of people that used to live on this island as it turns out we accidentally wrote that there were two sets of boxes hey i told you that in crit different areas I thought we got that. I Dude, know. I told you that in crit. I thought we got, thought we got it. <laughs> but apparently, we were so... It took us like three tries to get every date lined up. 
No, it's this fair. Was it's six like, con. Like, this was six con. Wikidot was falling apart. You oh might have God, made the yeah. edit. Not even that. We had a Google Doc. It was. It took us three days <laughs> for every date lined up because Micro and Dune were using different formats for the <laughs> dates. So we were just like, I okay, fucking remember is that. Is this March twelfth or is this December third? I remember and that. It was like the big issue, and then I had written out like I write my dates like written out like September thirteenth, comma two thousand, whatever. But I had that. Crow had the um, uh, like European way to write a date, and then Dune did the American oh way to write a date. <laughs> so we were all worried about that, oh. and that took us three or four passes to get through. And I think it just got lost, where we had this major plot hole. None of us realized because we just didn't we just didn't catch it, and we didn't <laughs> fix whatever crit. We that did. is so. I was. That's why I asked you. Sorry, because I was like, I remember telling you about that when I did it. It's I, like, I remember why are there two that. sets of boxes? You're I, like, oh shit, there I remember, are. I remember shit like that too, because I remember seeing differences in punctuation choices between the sections and going, I can tell who wrote what, <laughs> and that was all smoothed out by the end. So, so just cheat like we did in 6500, and it's all all of them were just totally individual. <laughs> Almost they, every single iteration in that uh, mm -hmm. that SCP is written by one person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, all right, each uh, one, like one person wrote them all. <laughs> yes, God no, um, no. <clears throat> so one uh, more, but uh, let's go seven SCP seven nine zero zero, which is by it's a bad idea or it's Zabi. Uh, and the title is a place to drown in. Oh, this is such a good one. This is uh, another top ten. So good. I don't understand how it is at only a hundred and ten. It's obscene. This is a fucking terrific article. It's why I saved it's it for last. Selfishly, fucking things. It's one of the spookiest articles on the on it the is, site. The I'm atmosphere. Just gonna, oh my god, the atmosphere is oh, amazing. Oh, it's so atmospheric. It's, um, it's so good. SCP seven nine zero zero is Notre Dame de la Mer. Uh, monastery founded in 1208 CE and the center of a numerous anomalous phenomena. The anomaly lies seven kilometers off the coast of Normandy, France, on a rocky islet surrounded by deep waters. Um, a lot of the beginning is just setting up what this uh, island is like uh, and what the monastery is like and then what uh, these tunnels are like that are under it, which is so great because you've got this rich history of this monastery that's kind of weird that it's out in the middle of nowhere and the first image is so good it's like mm -hmm. i don't know if it's from the 1940s or 20s but it looks like it's this like 100 year old photograph uh and it's just bleak and just like these high cliffs and these roaring waves and then you find out that beneath seven nine between the beneath the anomaly lies an expansive network of tunnels constructed at an unknown date in its history the network was discovered during archaeological digs around the base of the islet. The tunnels have yet to be fully explored, but survey teams have mapped over 150 kilometers to date. Estimates, <laughs> estimates place the size of the network between 6,000 to 1,000 kilometers, which is nuts. It's a tiny oh, island. Shit. Um, like what? That's a much, lot. <laughs> much of the network appears to be naturally occurring, but significant portions have been reinforced with intricate and advanced architecture. The network possesses, and, and this already, that's like, oh, this is some good Lovecraft shit right here. And like, without the racism. Uh, <laughs> and already I'm like, oh, what's going to be found out there? And then the next paragraph kind of sets everything up so beautifully. 
The network possesses an anomalous effect that causes individuals to have a higher than average likelihood of becoming lost within the tunnels. Even when using advanced navigation equipment, rescue personnel consistently report becoming lost through non-anomalous means such as equipment malfunction, disorientation, or unstable geologic activity. But repeated incidents suggest anomalous interference. So they can't even figure out what the anomaly is. They just know people keep getting lost down here and it's not a coincidence. (laughs) Um, But the coolest part about it is... There's all this clinical and historical documents. And then we get a few of the firsthand accounts from people that have gotten lost. And I just, I'm not going to read all of them uh, or even all of the ones I had, but um, here's a segment from the first one where we see ripples in the water and I tell Urchik to go and get Tanner. He runs off tail between his legs, but I didn't, I wasn't scared. No, why should I be? It only wanted to save my soul (laughs) because the whole time leading up to that, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. Oh, just the whole time leading up to that in that log, it's just it's building horrible. tension. Like, it's just like, oh, this is a deep, scary place. And then the last line is, wait, what? What? Save your soul? What are you talking about? Yeah, that doesn't match with the tone of what's what the going fuck's on. That? So what? what the what's going that? on? But what were you going to say, Blake? To one of those things where I love this style of writing, and I know um, Fusehead does it very well, where it's you get presented with a very weird thing. And it's just left there and not explained. Yes. Because like, this is a very clinical document, like you mentioned. We, we get how many paragraphs? Probably 20, 20 or so paragraphs before we get to this entry. Yeah. And then it's just Short left paragraphs. with this yeah. guy clearly being affected by something. And then it's just left there. You have yes. to like be like, what? Yeah. There's this no commentary from the researcher organizing this file on the fact that this person just said there was something in the water scary enough that made one of them run. And I think it's there to save my soul. Hey, researcher, maybe pay attention to that. <laughs> maybe look at all these people getting religious rapture about the right. water in the caves and, and maybe that, treat along that seriously. With how, along with how like they don't designate the um, like right. a sub anomaly in there as like a dash one. Call it a gray apostle, and that's not explained either. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, that so weird. The implication that there's a certain amount of effect, of, of effect happening to everybody who has yes. documented this mm-hmm. thing, whether they're, they're all a little compromised, is great. Like, it's like, yeah. it's like a like a horror version of the uh, yeah. Church of the Fish that goes on forever. <laughs> yes, because there's gradations to it, right? The people that have actually experienced it firsthand are like, I don't know if they're fully converted with big air quotes on them. Um, But the people that are just doing the documentation, you're right. They're also getting affected because they are not calling out these weird things. There is no moment where there's a footnote saying, this is strange. Nope. You're just left with the sense of like, oh, oh, are we just going to leave that there? Okay. Uh, You know, it's just incredible. Like, then I locked eyes with an angel. Like, what? You did what now? Um, And there's like this really brilliant descriptions of this. You know, I personally am fairly... I wouldn't say scared, but like uncomfortable with the idea of like flooding caves. Um, I love it. It's terrifying. It's, it's terrifying. It's one thing that really bothers yeah. me. I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I really works for me. And and consistently, there's a sense of building tension to where I'm. This is something horrible is going to happen at some point. I understand they're they're subverting the expectations, but it's all going to build up to that something horrible, and it doesn't really happen. The horrible you know, it, thing it, is un, un, unspoken. It's behind. It's yeah. kind of between the lines that no. The horrible thing is, listen. If you came here, you too would also like a place to drown. And it's like fuck. Uh, and, and, and the fact that it doesn't 
end doesn't mean it isn't going to end too that's that's yes. the, it, it's it's the horror of the incomplete nature of it because it's not that nothing happens it's that something is is about to happen and it hasn't by the time the article has been posted yes, <laughs> so right. so so there's the horror of like this isn't done this is about to get worse it's yeah. just starting to get worse when it's over it's worse after I've finished reading this article. <laughs> That's right. This is only like the very beginning of what's happening. And it, it all in the same way, like Plague, you were just saying, putting something weird out there and just leaving it. The whole article is like that because mm-hmm. you know, they're establishing this weird thing and there's no conclusion. There's no payoff. The payoff is, oh, fuck. <laughs> the payoff is, is, is brilliant because it's something that I love to do but it's doing it in a different way it's uh, it ends in a horror one-liner yeah perfect immaculate horror one-liner and i don't want to give yeah i don't want to give the ending away but i did want to read one portion of one of the other logs um i don't remember everything i saw down there it was like a dream i can't recall the details but i'll never forget the faces horrible mummified scared millions of them starving to death in that pit nothing to eat after the apostles died and the and the drowning stopped I see the faces of the devotees given new life and new blood from the water. I saw Nago in the bliss of her newfound immortality. I saw my team screaming as they accepted God's blessing. I saw Rick and Tanner and Urchek. I saw myself from a distance. But most vividly, I saw God, my God, watching from above through the cracks in the rock. A whale's eye, blue as sapphire, and I let his song cleanse and birth me new. He has hopes for us, inheritors of his capital, Deluge. It's been so long since he's seen the surface. I can't wait. <laughs> the rapture, the, the completely inappropriate rapture is so good. Even within that portion I just read, it starts off going, oh, it's so terrible. And then within that paragraph, oh, no, that's where the, right there in that sentence is where that person got converted. The whole thing is, is so well done with how they're all slowly tr- coming around right. to, to how great this clearly terrible, awful definitely bad thing is to and it's right from the start the monastery is called notre dame de la mer our lady of the sea right yeah <laughs> it's, uh, it's claiming this horrible horrible thing for us yeah you know the thing that i like the most is how this is clearly informed by stuff that metaphysician and before him other eldritch writers have done where there's an unknowable alien thing um, that is creating religious fervor and the fun thing is is that the tone never quite admits to you this is a bad thing tone (laughs) is a deep religious awe in the way that we might think of something having a truly religious moment The, the tone of these individual peoples and the article in general even at its conclusion feels like someone having an epiphany in the traditional sense of that word absolutely and it's ah i am i'm like angry that this is only at 110 it's again it's one of the top 10 in the contest easy it's oh and speaking of images there's only one two three four oh they're so well five and they're fucking they're they're just mostly pictures of caves and they're all upsetting (laughs) the last one especially yes yeah, they're so, so washed out. Yes. They look gross. They look wet, dirty, and it's just like and it cold. So much. Like I feel yeah. like the frigid temperature of these waters coming off of it. Ugh, they're cold. Yeah, they're visibly cold, even though they're black and white or sepia. Uh-huh. It's incredible. Like you could just feel like how bleak Spray. and how like tired and like and upset you would be if you got lost in there and you know and weren't in danger of dying, just trying to figure your way back and how vulnerable mm. that would make you 
to like a feeling of wanting to be saved. It's <sighs> oh fuck, boys! I can't wait. I'm going. I'm going. It's so good. It's been so long since he's seen the surface. I can't wait. Oh, Def- definitely a classic at all times. Yeah. Classic. So that that is SCP seven nine hundred and like. I just please go read it. It's incredible. And this we didn't song? give away like any of the really good stuff because it's mm-hmm. just that amazing. Like Savi has one of my favorite articles on the site. I think I, I generally believe it's a bad idea as one of those underrated authors yep. on the website. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like criminally underrated. Yeah. Criminally. They don't, they, they only have a few articles, but what they've written, especially their solo work is so good. Like one of my favorite articles on the site ever is, um, Hornbelt, which they wrote for, what was it? It was the Corpse Contest. This mm. was a Corpse Contest. It's an explained fall meal, I think. Something like that. <laughs> or no, it's a, you know, I think it's explained fall meal. It's some wacky um, containment procedure. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. class. And he pulls it off in a way that is so well done. And then you you could go read that. And then go read this, and it would feel like it's a completely different author. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm, I, I I don't see like a through line between Asabi's articles other than quality. Like they're super yeah. well done, but they're all so different, which is a real talent. Really, even Very even I, ho- I wish Asabi would write more. Me too. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, even I would say to the design of this article emphasizes the bleakness of the pictures. Yeah, uh, it's it's all mostly white and gray, and yet yeah, it's, a it's really it's good not, choices. Yeah, it's not like just because like it fit, uh, right. There's reasons. Fuck. There's intentionality in all the choices that were made in this piece. To make uh, it more just, I just cannot stop. Ta- I'm just so glad we did this episode so I could just talk about this article for ten minutes. Yeah, it's fantastic. I know. <laughs> All right, uh, we got a lot of emails, so let's do that. Uh, at the yes. end, we, we're going to throw out some honorable mentions. Yes, at, at, uh, open up, just open up the contest page so that at the end, once we've done the emails, yeah. you can just just quickly scroll and I've got throw a list out the of names of the ones. My honorable mentions. You've got yours, and I'll yeah. throw out some and play if you want. Uh, okay, but we're going to see some emails. Uh, emails. I'm going to read this first one because it is one I missed last time for the Chaos <gasps> Insurgency episode. I know. It's from Boris. Mm. Hi, creative people. On the topic of Chaos Insurgency, I really like the two articles in which they are used, but neither of them are directly about the organization. One of which is Tenhani's uh, I Buried the Sun, the sun. Uh, which obviously we covered. Uh, and the other is MTF Sigma 66 Post-Mission Psychological Evaluation by Silver Escher. I mean, God, any, Silver anything Silver Escher does is great. Here, a former CI operative is working for the Foundation's quote-unquote suicide squad, MTF, and is very entertaining on account of his brain being scrambled. You're never sure if he just pretends to be eternally confused or if it's just what is working for the CI does for you. Um, oh, and- I just like talking to Grebo gang leader. <laughs> <laughs> um... And then Boris included something that's really kind of fun. Uh, I recently heard the victim episode and had a vision. It follows the trajectory of older GOIs. You could leave the wiki and come back 10 years later and still find it in use. It will have three competing and contradictory interpretations, (laughs) each with detailed ideas about its founders, goals, and functions. Fuck that. Uh, Someone writes a straight story about just a weird, creepy piece of media, and it gets downvoted to oblivion with one comment saying, you need to put some actual story in it. It's not a Series 1 anymore. At this point, Series (laughs) 1 is everything before SCP-10,000. This is really fun. Uh, Plague, you want to read this one from Jim Bob? Yep. Hello, Simply Creative People. It's me, Jim Bob. I'm here with my three favorite entries for the 7K Con that aren't in the top 10 in no particular order. 
Samsara, which is by uh, Afto, Afto Creator. It's yep. written very well, and it's pretty funny at moments. And then SCP-7666, Under Vegas Orientation, The House Loses by Rounder House. Very well written, and a humor humorous article that I enjoyed. That's great. And then SCP-7043, Murphy Law in The Montauk Falcon. A very nice bit of action, hard-boiled Murphy, and writing very enjoyable, in who, my opinion. Who wrote that one? That's uh, Quasic Wafter. Oh, nice. That's a fun name to say. I like that name. <laughs> yeah, Murphy Law. I mean, I'm pissed I didn't read it. I love Murphy Law. So it's a long one, too. It's, it's a very big it one. It is here. long. But okay. I, 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 got, I got maybe a quarter of the way through. It was pretty solid. Around their house's entry, I really, really like. And that's the other thing. That, uh, it, it seems like a dumbass thing to say, especially since he won 6,000. But rounders is way underrated it's so much fun from start to finish it's a beautiful article and i love it it's so funny that i gave him like 60 different comments in my line by line where i was just saying this joke was amazing yeah it's, <laughs> it's really, really funny really, really fun i like that a lot of us like went the opposite direction from what we did for set for 6k yes. rounder yes. and you and i and 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 plague you did too i just i think it's really kind of it's just like well i did that last time let's do something else yeah, there's there's not a lot of let's just, let's just do what we did the last time for sure. Yeah, uh, Harry, you want to read this one from JTKC? Which uh, all uh, you know, John, I uh, I cut this down, so <laughs> okay. uh, it was quite long. So if you're listening and you go, why wasn't my all email? Yeah, I cut some of it. <laughs> so this is the this is the Gregory edit of JTKC's right. email. Hey guys, love the last episode and official congrats to Mr. 7000. I don't know who that is. Weddle. Probably Wed it's Weddle. It's Weddle. Um, 7K has been a special one for me because it's the first one I've participated in and the first one where I tried to read every entry and oh, I God. did try as well. Unfortunately, that didn't work out very well because of work. Never work for the army, kids. It's not fun. I so won't. I'll try and get through them over the next few days. Me either. For the entries I'm suggesting, I'm going to try and keep it out of the top 15 because you guys are probably going to cover anyway. Well, actually, SCP-7711 Alone by Agarizu. I'm probably a bit biased since I had a hand in critting this one, but this one is just straight bleak. It's about how humanity is lucky to be alive in the grand expanse of space. I really like this one with the enjoyment of space travel being sucked out of the protagonist as it goes on. Agarisu also includes an audio recording of the whole thing, since oh. it's mostly monologue from a Jaded 05. I like when people go the extra step beyond, yeah. Alright, I gotta check that out, that's cool. SCP-7011 Micromanagement by Lan2D. I actually love this one too, this is a really good one. Uh, I genuinely think this one is one of the more underrated ones, at least deserve more than plus 100, I agree. The simple premise of a town which has every action extremely predictable via AI spins into a downward spiral. It's really cool. Kind of like Almost like an admonition kind of crazy fucking thing. It was really, really good. I really liked it. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to read this the way it's written. It's funnier <laughs> that way, even though it was a mistake. SCP-SCP-7015, Mangaka in the High Castle, Melancholy of the Rising Sun by Veralta and THD Glasses. This one's far from perfect, but goddammit, I love it so much. As an SEA resident, the history of Imperial Japan is such an interesting angle for an alt history, especially since <clears throat> my country was once a Japanese-occupied state. What is SEE? S-E-A. Uh, uh, Southeast, Asian. Southeast Asian. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you oh, go. oh nice. Yeah. Uh, now, I swear I know which one uh, Jake Well, let's not. Really I mean, he didn't include it, so. <laughs> All right, <laughs> yes. Well, carry on. You can you can read the next email. Then. <laughs> uh, Crocat. Hello, everyone. Crocat here. Seven Kellen was great. So many awesome entries were written, and the overall atmosphere of the contest just felt relaxed and fun. <laughs> 
poo. Uh, this, was, <laughs> this was also the first contest since 3K that I was around to watch as it was going on, reading the entries as they were posted. This is also the first time I participated on the site, uh, and I'm really happy about it. There were also a lot of entries that interpreted the theme in unexpected ways. I will say, this is my commentary, <clears throat> I will say that the interpretations of this theme were probably some of the most original I've seen out of a KCON. Yep. There's some really brilliant ideas of how they could make it work for luck. I'm really impressed with it. Anyway. It mend up with 20 trees. <clears throat> right. Yes, exactly. No fucking trees uh, this time. I mean, sure, there were plenty of articles about dice and luck gods, but I feel the majority took a less <laughs> traditional approach, and even then, some of the luck god, dice, and coin flip stories were super creative. Yeah, one of the coin flips are terrific. Um, there were definitely some wonderful entries that were a bit overlooked, which I suppose comes with having so many of them. My favorite outside the top 10 are... Uh, 7711, which we just covered. 7011, which we just covered. Uh, mm -hmm. SCP-7222, Pool Boy by Tyuman. A lovely oh, article. Cool. Oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah, that one's very, a lovely very, article. I almost included that one's very cute. A lovely article about a little robot who just wants to help clean. Uh, and then SCP-7030, uh, who's one of my favorite authors, uh, Weizong, uh, What Comes to Pass. Uh, such a beautiful story about a quiet apocalypse. Just incredible. I think Weizong is like has some really popular articles, but in general, super missed out on. Pretty much Absolutely. every time Weizong puts something on there, I drop everything to read it. Anyway, yeah, Weizong is awesome. Uh, Plague, you want to read this one from Guari? Mm -hmm. From who? Guari. Guari. Um, Seven K Con has been the first. XKCon that I I've seen since my entry into the community last year and it's been honestly amazing I've read some 50 articles of the 120 that were that there were and I loved and I loved many of them I already brought up some entries which I really liked that were relatively unnoticed in a Twitter thread I made a while ago so I will comment about a few different ones here first is 7011 micromanagement a story about determinism and fate written by a friend of mine Land2D who recently started writing for the wiki as he had previously done so only on the Wanderer's Library. Then comes SCP-7755, a whole dug with a rabbit's foot, a very bizarre story about the Foundation investigating an extraterrestrial anomaly that relates to the rabbit population of Cape Canaveral, written by Crowcat. SCP-7077, SCP where the sky meets the sea, a character exploration that makes use of, an, of, a, honestly of a honestly beautiful imagery throughout. I really like uh, 7077. Yep. That was uh, uh, Eleni and Dodo. Uh, that's a good one. And finally, SCP-7153, I'll Tell You Anything, which is just hilarious by Anonymous, who we don't know. Definitely don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Before closing this comment off, I'd like to congratulate you all, all three of you, for your positions in the contest. You've all done amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, I will get this one from Gizma. Actually, Harry, why don't you read this one from Gizma? I'll read the last okay. one. Okay, while we're at it, we did just get which one Crowcats was, but uh, JTKC's one is SCP-7447, Alfredo with a side of quantum entanglement, which is a great title. <laughs> that is um, terrific. Yes. Uh, credit where credit is due. Uh, so I'm doing Gizma? Yeah. Gizma. Greetings from Gizma. Again. Very consistent. I know. Congrats to Harry for winning SCP-7000. Yes. And congrats to Gregory and Vivarium for winning 10th place with Miss Fortune Gorge, which is also super good. And Thank because, you. Presumably because we didn't announce our co-host, Plague is not congratulated. <clears throat> this, Fuck you. This, Fuck you, Plague. 
This yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you for getting sixth place. Uh, this seven Kikon was a lot. It sure was. I initially thought I would read all the entries, but that foolish idea was soon crushed by the fact that, holy crap, there were like 150 of them. This actually reads like a uh, Radiger video. <laughs> it does. Still read a bunch of them, though, and endeavored to create memes for all the ones I wanted to share and promote. Yes, big thanks to Gesma for the fucking memes. They were very helpful. Yeah. Lord did a whole bunch as well, but Gesma did a whole bunch. Uh, lots of memes in the contest. Just lots thank you fun. to Gesma for all the thank memes. Thank you to for everything. Just, thanks to mm-hmm. all the fish. And contributing so to... Um, thank memes from Site19. They were killing it. Oh, uh, Gesma does is like straight up a meme genius. It's, yes. it's crazy. I'm going to post one in the chat just like because i like it so much but you keep keep talking it also lasted for much longer than i expected yeah no shit mm-hmm. it wasn't the best time to post tales yeah some personal highlights the absolute grip rounder house had on me from the moment he wrote the words a tall muscular female demon Agent <laughs> <laughs> calendar was very popular that whole article was very a lot transparent of fun. i loved it yes the VKTM ads in Miss Fortune Gorge, they were so good. The drawings and they were so Meet good. Me in the stars, they were so good. The drawings in Meet Me in the Stars, which is uh, Fable Tiefling, is also excellent. The story was excellent, but look how adorable. Yes. Weddle's blurry, partially obscured fail compilations. <laughs> yes, thank you. Asuka Evangelion bending the Hekor beam into evil magic Bigfoot's face. I don't remember pretty... which one. Which I one don't is know. that? Allison's. Oh, nice. Oh, I just, it just. The over-the-top description actually w- managed to be more over-the-top than the already over-the-top fight. That's that's Ralliston's. So good. I love that, that one's fight. like this like giant superhero fight it ends with. with the I know. Was it, when I read it, okay. I was like, "Holy shit, dude! You just went from zero to a <laughs> hundred. Almost forgetting to breathe while reading the logs in Hungry Season. That's yeah. a big sloth in my face. The sheer audacity of your honor, League of Legends. Boom. The bleak dystopia of Amaranthine. Questions time. How soon do you think we'll reach 8K? In a year? Yeah. Yeah. I just hope that it doesn't take two months again and the theme, and that they don't chicken out of the fantasy theme. Oh, that'd be nice. Do you think the loser being the first X thousand to belong to a canon will have a big impact on the site? No. I think it might. I think I, so, I too. About this. I talked about this to Harry. More, not exactly in a very like can, like canon way where it's going to like impact the canon and make it like people want to participate in it. I think what's going to happen is people are going to use the site 43 CSS, similar to how <laughs> new authors use ACS in a way. Right. <laughs> they think it like cruise control and upvotes. <laughs> I also think it. Uh, I want to give it serious credit for being the first serious. Um, canon representative mm-hmm, KCON because I think it broke the spell that people have had where uh, oh KCON has to completely stand on its own um, yeah. which I will say the loser does stand on its own you would never have needed to read anything else by you to make no, that was the, sense that was of the reading main goal and, 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 there. and you succeeded there but if you happen to have been interested in the characters that were mentioned who are perfectly independent and work well in that article there's like all this other stuff and uh, you know uh, it works out really, really well. And I think that that opens up. I hope that it opens up people to realize that, hey, you know, we could do, you know, uh, a war on all fronts and make that be the KCON. Or just to get, like, people more interested in cannons in general. Um, mm-hmm. Because I fucking love cannons. I'm really glad that was broken through. I'm really yeah. happy. Yeah, me too. Like, I'm happy you won, Harry, but I'm happy, like, with the precedent in a sense where, like, 
people like build off existing lore in a way that yeah like oh god that's really like, exciting to hear guys because like, like i've got I'm oppressor class in literally every single possible demographic, and I just got to break a glass ceiling somehow. <laughs> that's that's funny. Lucky anyway, me. let's get this Speaking last Speaking of, last question, what's one of the luckiest things that's ever happened to you? SCP. I don't that's know. my answer. Go on. I, yeah, I don't know. Mine is the time that Princess. I didn't drown and die. <laughs> oh, yes. You told I me told this, this story. I don't know if you heard it, Gregor. No, I don't think so. When I was like seven that's or eight years story. old. I was in, I'm in my condo right now, but my condo complex has like a pool. And the one of the ladders of the pool, like I'm pretty sure this is a pretty consistent thing with pool ladders, is that it's not attached to the wall inside the pool. So you could kind of pull it out a little. Oh, yeah. And the metal on the bottom and the curves in it has a rubber stopper on it. That's about like a hockey puck size. Yeah. I was like fucking around on the ladder, like using it to pull myself up and down in the water. Sure. And the bottom, the inside of my shorts got stuck. On oh my God. the um, on the rubber stopper, and I didn't have goggles on, so I couldn't pull myself out, and I was trying to and trying to and trying to, and so like I start panicking, splashing, and I'm like, like at that point I'm like pretty sure I'm dead, like eight years old. <laughs> so eventually it gets to a point where my thrashing <coughs> causes my pants to like on velcro, on tie, whatever, and so I f I kind of like rip out of them and fly up. And so I'm just chilling there with my with my <laughs> shorts off of me, naked in a pool, as I try to free my shorts. And so I get out of my pool and I go to my mom and somehow I must have miscommunicated the story because it got turned into a thing where I had managed to calm myself down enough to untie my pants and save my life. <laughs> you got credit you didn't deserve and that's the luckiest I'll thing in the it. That's pretty cool. I put you... it into my newest article in a way. You did. You did. It works. <clears throat> yeah, I don't I don't know what the luckiest thing that ever happened to me is. <laughs> All of us yes. were the luckiest thing. That that's true. Um yeah, I don't know. But we're going to move on. Uh, Real Surreal Sir wrote this last article uh, email, which is, since I have two questions this time, you humor me. Uh, don't worry, they're short. I won't fill up space with thoughts on last week's episode beyond the basics. Quite interesting. Good discussion. Very chaos. Etc. <laughs> anyway. Uh, wow. How many different active concepts or ideas do you tend to have and work on at a given time? About half a dozen. Uh, I. It depends. I have probably, like, 20 drafts that I've written and not touched but it goes mm. through a thing where I'll write something out and just kind of leave it and then come back to it when I'm feeling up to it. So it depends. Active? I guess I kind of write something and if I like it a lot I'll post it. If I don't like it or I don't have something fully thought out I'll just leave it until I finally do or get bored enough to work on it again. <laughs> I used to have just the one at any given time but because of limitations of time and promises to do this or that or help yeah. with this project, I have gotten... There are a few things that I have that are unfinished right now, which is annoying. Um, I always have in the back of my mind a, a possibility of like six different articles I could write. Uh, six to ten. Like right now I have like ten different articles in just in idea form. Um, but currently I'm working on polishing three drafts. Uh, one for a big project, one that is just my series thing, and more stuff for Vanguard. But I usually have at least one victim thing at any given time, one Vanguard thing at any given time, and then something else. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, this question is just for Harry. Yay. Harry, since you used a bunch of photos for SCP-7000, especially for Weddell, what would you guess the chances are the photograph slash subject used for Weddell's likenesses ever discovers his face uh, as a second life as a luckless anti-hero on a particularly weird corner of the internet? Oh, yeah? This is the weird thing. Yeah, I know. This is why... This is why... This is the weird... The, what? Just like... It, if you don't bring up what I think you're going to bring up, I will afterwards. Go ahead. Yes, this is the weird thing about CC images is that you never really know what people are going to do with the images and you don't actually have the right to be told yeah. specifically. Like you can ask, you can ask people to tell you, but they don't have to because that's not how it works, um, which means people could be using your images for goddamn near anything. And um, sometimes they do find out and sometimes they're not happy. And if, if you feel like being a nice person, you can then just take their picture down because there's no reason to use someone's likeness if they don't like it. Um, somebody actually, I think, may have told this guy about it and then took back their telling this guy about it, so the guy might not have actually seen it. But if he does see it and he doesn't like it, I would change it. Uh, but I would like to imagine that once you get over the shock of finding out you've been labeled the loser, uh, you would find <laughs> out that it's actually a story about somebody who deep down inside tried to do a good thing for other people and has been bearing a burden for it for a long time, and hopefully that would... Um, feel nice to have had your face applied to someone who is not as much of a schmuck as he initially appeared to be. And what were you going to say, Gregory? The woman in the incinerator. Yeah, the the original uh, Dr. Ilse Renders from SCP-5616. Uh, That's such a funny story. <laughs> like, I don't, we don't have to go into like details about it, but that person found out and asked politely, no. Well, legal polite, action right? yeah like the, the actually <laughs> hilariously and i wish somebody had asked me uh i would have been like you don't have any fucking legal right to this but whatever uh but like the nice thing to do is to go yeah okay yeah down, which is what i did yeah of um, course and then re replaced replaced it with somebody whose photographs of themselves include them wearing a creative commons shirt so they know what's up <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, yeah that's that i mean it does happen i mean i had to replace I've had to replace images a bunch of times. It's 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 unfortunate, but that's the way it works when you you know we're getting free images off the internet. Um, it just happens. You don't have to remove them, but it's the moral thing to do when someone doesn't want to be associated. So you do it. We're just such good people. That's all. Yes. So we're we gonna uh, lightning round this, and then we'll be out. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you guys want to go first? You can fire out yours if you want. Okay. And then we can. I have a list. Uh, so, honorable mentions uh, that we didn't have time, but I think people should go and read. Obviously, we've mentioned a couple times, 7400 by Callie Bold, your honor, comma, League of Legends. Uh, yep. SCP-7616 ARC, The Ballad of Captain Adrian and Primrose Fetish Von Trevel by Phantom, which I just fucking <laughs> love that title. Uh, SCP-7997, which is Corporate Apotheosis by Lord. Uh, this one's criminally underrated, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, SCP-7002 The Hungry Season by Big Sloth on my face uh, because Sloth is crazy talented and then finally which um, is kind of an impressive project and I you know I didn't pick it for this discussion today because it's kind of impossible to talk about for only 10 minutes SCP-7006 Initiative by Liren, Dejoric, Dark Stuff, Lizard Wizard and I and it um, and it is quite literally a multi-module tabletop RPG uh, set kind of in the SCP universe, kind of in a fantasy universe. Uh, it, and it works. Uh, it's, it's, it's an incredible project. It's visually stunning. 
And uh, the fact that they actually made up from scratch a TTRPG is is just kind of above and beyond. It's ridiculous. Really is. Yeah. Okay. So who who next? Anybody go? Me? Um, okay. Oh, please going. Please go. go. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna go. <laughs> uh, probably my favorite SCP now. Uh, Seven thousand five, The Neon God by Tufto, which just mm-hmm. makes me cry every time I think about it. That's it's in the top so ten. It's, it's a top. It's it's uh, that doesn't matter. This isn't. This is the lightning round. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I see. <laughs> um, I'll, we're only going to talk about ones that didn't really come up in those lists. Um, uh, Lucky Clover by Doctor Trindavon, which is uh, seventy thirty seven, uh, which is very low rated. It's a new author, and it's just a lot of fun, and it's really clever with some good character bits. I really love that one. Seventy-seven, sixty-six, New World Order by Jack Dragon X, which didn't do as well as it should have. It was a really cool, crazy cyberpunk world building thing that was just a lot of fun to read. Um, Seventy-three hundred, Plankton by LA Three, which is another really fun article because LA's articles are almost always fun. Uh, Seventy-one hundred at Rainbow's End by Captain Kirby, which is just a really good like format screw. It's it's an in-universe how to write an SCP article, and it's it's a really cool story about luck and leprechauns and ladybugs um, and some, ladybugs. Of those are the, some of those things are the same thing uh and then there's one of the real standouts in the contests which is 14th place 7003 three white horses by they call me tim which is unusual as hell and truly unique and phenomenal article with just a great evocative post-apocalyptic thing going on anyway this is just that's just six that came to mind there's tons of these that i love that one uh this is not a dig but like at first i genuinely didn't know what was going on uh and had to like really like you cannot this is not a dig yeah you can't quickly read it because Because all the characters in it are are parched like they've lost their fucking brains because they're just so they need water and they're all in the desert wandering around like drunk on being desiccated so it's really really they're, they're all like, Ugh. that one's <laughs> good. Really there's a there's a few really bleak ones, but that one's good because it feels very otherworldly bleak. Yes, like it's just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> anyway, great, go for it, Blake. Blake. Uh, so I got a few you guys already mentioned, of course. Uh, Neon God, absolutely beautiful article by Tufta, seven thousand five. It almost edges out Lamplight for me. It's a very very close race. Um, Meet Me in the Stars by Fable Tiefling. So be seven nine nine nine. Did extremely well in the contest. You, most of the listeners probably uh, read it already, but I bring it up because it uses my object class. So I very much appreciate that. <laughs> um, their Vegas orientation, the house loses by rounder house. Hilarious yep. article. We mentioned it in the emails. So so good. Highly underrated. Uh, SCP seventy seven twenty six. So long and thanks for all the fish by Uncle Nicolini. A very oh, short good. article part of the uh the fire suppression what are they called the fire, fire suppression department one fire suppression department so so good i love that one um and i will do at rainbow's end mentioned by harry as well by captain kirby like he said it's how to be a foundation doctor written as a scp foundation file a lot of fun yep good stuff all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, mm. So thank you for all for tuning in to this, uh, you know, non GUI uh, episode. Uh, we'll get back to yeah. doing normal GUI stuff soon. Uh, soon. It should be. We have a couple of YouTubers lined up to come in and talk to us about are we cool yet? So we should be doing that either next week or the week after. Sounds all fun. Right. 
Thanks for showing up, Plague PJP. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, thanks really for coming back. Yeah, I would Thank love to have you back on had. again. I hope to come back again. Yeah, you you, you definitely will. <laughs> you're one of my... I don't know, Plague. I don't know if I've told you this. You're one of my favorite people on SCP. So. Aww. Made my cold, dead heart go three sizes. No, oh, but it's still so dead. sweet. <laughs> That's so sweet and generous and non-selfish of you. Weddlecon. Weddlecon. Weddle sweep. <laughs> Well, I, so won. I won. <laughs> I won. I <laughs> won. God. <laughs> uh.